Hey, how you doing? Welcome to The House That Happens, presented every week by Shuey's Bar & Grill in Etobicoke, the only place to be in suburban Etobicoke, voted four times the best dive bar in all the GTA, although we like to think it's number one in all the world. I'm Andrew Milani. Hi, my name is Cruz. Cruz, what's on your mind this week? All kinds, buddy. How was your week? Pretty good. Pretty good. I want to tell all the climate change people out there that I don't care because we had some beautiful days this week. <laughs> Sun came out walking my dog. I could feel it on my face and I said, hey, okay, so what about climate change, you know? <laughs> Can Toronto be Florida in the year 2088 or whatever the case may be? I'm not worried about it. You no, know what I'm saying? No. Great weather this week, though. Fantastic. You know, you know 10 degrees, a little bit of rain, but that's okay. Uh, I still say that we're going to have some kind of weird weather before the end of the month and, you know, march in like a lion, out like a lion nonsense. You know what I mean? Hoping not. You know what I mean? And I, and they, uh, I didn't know this. When we're talking about statistics, is it an old wives' tale when we talk about, like, Wyerton Willie or one of those groundhogs coming out of the ground and deciding oh, yeah. is it whatever it is? Some guy that does bets in the States checked out the statistics and one guy's only 39% right and the other guy's like the other whatever uh, rodent that comes out of the right. ground and the other guy's only 23%. <laughs> so next year, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go outside, you and I, and we're going to jump up and if we see our shadows, we're going to tell everybody, don't worry, spring's coming. Okay. You know, we're on the same page, right? Oh, sure. Yeah, a lot of silly stuff like that's going on. I think that we should have um, alluded to, which we will by the end of the month, because I'd like to little, do a little essay concerning it. But we should note the fact that it is a Black History Month. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm ambivalent about it. However, there's so many aspects about it that should be celebrated. And I like the celebration part, but I don't like the politics part. Let's just yeah. leave it at that. However... You know, do you ever see on TV, like, there's certain people that can say things and certain people can't? Now, I don't really want to bring the guy's name up because he's got not publicity however, but I'm getting to the point where I think Stephen A. Smith is maybe a borderline racist. I thought you didn't want to bring up his name. Okay, I have to because, you know what you say, if you just, if you innuendo, you're not, you're afraid to look yeah. the person. I'd like to look him in the eye. In any event, if you don't, if you don't know about it, and one of his favorite statements is, the only thing I know about hockey is the puck is black. Yeah. I want to have a white guy get on TV and try to make one of those cracks the other way. But in any way, just to get it up here, and I don't understand this. We all know who Cliff Kingsbury is, correct? He got the job in Arizona, and Mr. Smith dragged his dick through the dirt because of the Rooney rule. And was there maybe some black coaches that were more qualified? My theory is this. If you're a billionaire, you're going to hire who you want. You know what I mean? Right, right. You can interview Tyson, Holyfield, and LeBron, and then hire you. You know what I mean? So, I mean, and, but I think it should be the best man right. for the job, should get the job. But correct? I mean, this has been a good offseason for black coaches. Exactly. Being like so I'm saying, yeah. if you're the best guy, look at Miko, um, what's his name, in um, Houston. Gerard Mayo. Yeah. And, all and all in this, New England, too. There you go. Yeah. But anyway, my point is, Cliff Kingsbury is that quarterback guru, you know, with Baker Mayfield and all those guys. And he was with Kyler Murray and he got hired in Arizona and he got his dick dragged uh, through the dirt. However, what was even worse this week when he got the coordinator job in Washington, Stephen A went off on the guy. Like totally, why is he getting this job? And I think it made people uncomfortable because he was this close to saying, because he's a white guy. Right. I think that's wrong. Like if, if, a, if a white guy said something about that in, a, in, in the same tone about a black person, it would be on CNN. They'd be talking about it on The View. Right. So I don't understand that um, that ESPN, the corporate entity, 
owned by our buddies at Disney. And I think the gatekeepers are letting him get away with it. Like, you can come to the door and do it or not. But I don't think it's fair journalism if there's one guy who has that platform that big, can do that on national TV at any time he wants, and nobody says a word. You know what I mean? If, if fair is fair is equal is equal. That's what we say at the house that happens, right? So you're gonna, if you're going to say that, you better say it about all the coaches or don't say nothing at all. Fair enough. Okay, so you know what I'm saying? But let's take it to another level since we're talking about Black Lives, I mean uh, Black History Month. Let's tell the truth here, people. Last Saturday night, LeBron James and Anthony Davis did not suit up for the Celtics game at the TD uh, Gardens in yeah. Boston. Now, wait a second. If we talked about the six biggest rivalries in sports, will we bring up the Lakers and the Celtics? Oh, of course. Okay, so here we are, Saturday night, primetime, or no, Thursday night TNT game with all the crew out, and LeBron's looking slick, AD's got on a cool two, can they come on, and karma got them, because, and karma got Boston because somehow the Lakers won. I don't know how that happened right. with all them scrubs once. Why well, say it's karma? But let's tell the real truth. They said, oh, their injury, it's load management. We can talk about another thing since the in-season tournament. Okay? But in any event, the reason why Boston, uh, AD and LeBron didn't play, in my opinion, is because everybody hates Boston. Well, LeBron especially. They hate Boston. They know what kind of city it is. It goes back to the days with Bill Russell. They've never respected their black athletes, the, the Celtic crowd. You know what I mean? I think they like Jason Tatum because he's light-skinned. I don't know. But anyways... They liked it, Paul Pierce, too. Oh, yeah. Well, so when you start winning, that's, I'm not a one, yeah. let's not paint the whole brush that way. But I'm just saying, if anybody didn't realize what was going on, LeBron and AD did not play because they were saying, F you... Boston, yeah. your arena, your crowd. Because what happened two nights later? Oh, they played in New York. Of course, in the Mecca of basketball. They're there with the whole crew. No one's turning down a game at MSG. There you go. So it does not just appeal to you like it was like, fuck you, Boston. Hey, we're in New York yeah. with all the stars <laughs> in the seat and stuff. I'm just saying I'm not in the minds of all these guys. So when we're talking about things that we, unfortunately, like things like racism will never go away. But when you hear people talking about TV on why people are doing certain things, it's based on race. You know what I mean? Nobody's going to say it. you got to pull back the curtain. But there it is. Oh, especially in the States. Like, things are just so racially charged. And, and, and the divisiveness about everything. You know what I mean? But we'll get to, uh, we'll, we'll have our take on Black uh, History Month later in the month because there's a few things we've got to say, but I'm not quite comp compared from a historical point of view. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, the... Too bad we can't get Surgeon here to give me a nice trivia question that I could just nail about uh, Black Leaf players. Oh, yeah. There is only one, isn't there? Two now. Ryan Reeves? Uh, on the team now, yeah. But remember, like, last year he asked me all the Black players that played with Leafs, and I named all but, like, two? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Surgeon, you were just, yeah. like, your eyes were just, like, coming out of your head. You were just like, oh, my God, how'd you know all those guys? Oh, yeah, no, I, I think that's kind of neat, you know, because, like I'm saying, like, personally, there's certain things in society, and I don't want to bring it up. I think there should be a level playing field to a point where it's normalized and equal is right. equal and not right. some get more. But I don't think in my lifetime it's ever going to get there. But maybe it will. Maybe you're going to see it. Maybe your grandchildren are going to see it. But here at the house that happens, what do we say? Equal is? Equal. Equal is equal. You know? Uh, uh, go ahead. Now, let's say, uh, moving on to a sport that is nowhere near equal, but we love it for that. Uh, Formula One, uh, Christian Horner is being investigated by his own team for some uh, disorderly conduct. Okay, this is for, for out there. And I'm going to stick to this because I've had a few people say they've gone to watch Drive to Survive. 
a couple people because I, I've suddenly become interested in Formula One, which is people go, you're a Formula One guy? I said, no, once you get into it and you understand what's going on, and we here at the house that happen to love highest level of competition in the world, come on, F1. They say it's elitist, but that's a competition level that's... Oh, yeah. Come on. We know what's going on there. However, Mr. Christian Horner which I don't understand because I did some research. Can you explain to me what's transgressive behavior? Well, what's a transgression? Uh, I don't know. I pushed the guy down because he gave me shitty weed. I don't know. Like, isn't that an open-ended statement? Well, I mean, they're not going to put everything out there. I'm sure they want to keep this internal. Of course they are. And here's the thing is, is that we know Red Bull's doing the investigation not the hierarchy of the Formula One. Yeah, they're getting ahead of it. Okay, so, and I agree with that. So, my personal take on it this bit, personally, unless he's done something illegal, like if he just mouthed off or did something in the office or whatever, I think this is going to slide for two reasons. They got to keep that guy. What's his name? Adrian? Adrian Newey. This guy is something else. Like, in the world of, like, he's a Belichick of Formula One. I wouldn't say he's that big, but you know what I'm saying? So that people that are listening oh, understand like what level that he's 30 at. 30 years, he's been like one of like the best engineers in Formula One. His aerodynamic stuff, I read. If was not a, the best. He, he was innovative when it came to some of that. Oh, know. huge with Williams back in the day. And then yeah. he helped McLaren win a couple titles. And, and then, then Red Bull just Red stole Bull, yeah. because they gave him all this money. So I'm thinking that there's a, that, 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 that hierarchy. But as they say, sometimes Horner and Dewey don't always get along. He should get more credit. Because Horner is the, is, the, is the man. Yeah, he's the CEO. Okay, but yeah. definitely he's like the coordinator. If you don't have a good coordinator, you're going to be nuts. However, I also heard this, is that the people at Red Bull are going to make the decision well. It just seems that the president of Red Bull and Horner go out for dinner all the time. Well, that makes sense. Of course it does. But, I mean, that doesn't, I don't think uh, Belichick and, and uh, Kraft went out for dinner every day. No, but very different worlds. Exactly. But I mean, that they're on that there, do you think that a team who has now risen above the pack, who's had a season like they just had, come on, we're never going to see a season. We may. That means someone would have to run the table almost to yeah. do it, which I don't think is going to happen. But do you think a team on that level with that much money, with that much prestige, with uh, that audience around the world is suddenly going to dissemble it? I don't know. Have, if, if he would have had to do something really bad. Transgressive behavior. I think I'm going to write a song called Transgressive Behavior. It just sounds bizarre to me. That's just a polite way of saying what? You, t you did something bad? Like I said, here at the house, yeah. one thing that we do not tolerate, if something is illegal or if you've crossed a line on a human-to-human -human level, buddy, we, we can't protect you. But from what I'm seeing now and when I see something like that, that sounds like a protective thing. You know what I mean? Like F1 is saying we're charging them, but at the same time... Oh, sure. Slap on the wrist, do you think? Or it's going to be more than that? I'm predicting a slap on the wrist. Could be. But, like you say, we don't know the allegations. Yeah. We know nothing, so I'm... I've researched everything in, like, six newspapers in Europe, and they don't say nothing. And the hearing was yesterday. Hmm. Yeah. So we should find out soon. Yeah, maybe we will. No, we won't. And Formula One's, what, 30 days away from bringing the cars in? And Red uh, Bull just... just well, uh, the, the practice or whatever, the... Whatever, the first time the teams are able to, like preseason testing, excuse me, that's right around the corner. That's in a couple of weeks. But didn't they just show the car somewhere? There Those are just, well, the, the teams are starting to like just show off their cars. Yeah, like they're just, just promotional but that's just pictures, like, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, just like a like, um, launch event, basically. Uh, so speaking of that, Red Bull 2 launched their car. I'm actually pretty surprised. I like the livery. It's actually a nice looking car. I haven't seen it yet. It's it's like a kind of like a throwback to the Toro Rosso days where it's like a blue 
red and white kind of uh, cool. livery. Yeah, very cool. Um, and it's a little controversial now because it looks like they're borrowing a lot from the RB19, the Red Bull car from last year. Although they're kind of playing it down, they're saying that uh, they're thinking that they're going to be off to a slow start, but uh, they're hoping that the upgrades can propel them up. Kind of like what Haas is saying right now. They're basically saying this, the same thing. But isn't that like the little brother in the house? Well, gonna like Haas, exactly, to they're, Ferrari. They're, they're going to bring the little brother along as well as they can. You know what I mean? I think there's going to be, I think it's cool, like, how they present this along the way. But people, take a, take a little bit more interest in Formula One. Um, You'll be surprised at the whole level. It's the greatest, one of the greatest reality shows on TV. Sure. You know what I mean? Because it is an entertainment thing. And we're only 30 days away or 40 days away from the first race, yep. I believe. Bahrain, right around the corner. You got it. So we're going to keep you all listed in here and all the people that know me that are shocked. Uh, Kramer, we're going to go out for lunch and discuss it. My, Kramer's a huge Formula One oh, guy. Nice. taking a listen, so he's going to be very, very happy. Oh, by the way, I shouldn't remind you now because it is next week, but I heard there's something going on. This little race, I think it's called... Uh, I'll be doing my hair and walking my dog. Daytona so, 500? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's going on... Next weekend. Somewhere, somehow, somehow... <laughs> Next. That's oh God, actually I will say that is one of the few NASCAR races worth watching. For the crashes? No, good racing. Okay. I'll try to look at There's it. There's actually way less crashes than you might think there are now. No, I know because like those cars have been advanced too. I, I yeah. did a little reading there saying even though I think they're ghetto compared to Formula One. I'm just no, yeah. I, I said it. It's ghetto compared. You to can everybody. say that. I don't know if I'm allowed to get away with I'm that. I'm gonna say it's ghetto compared to freaking Formula One, and that's enough about that. But yeah, but I, I will say the only races worth worth watching for NASCAR are the ones at Daytona and the ones at Talladega. Mm. That's really it. a couple cool. other ones, but I like Darlington. But uh, I'm, we'll I'm passing. That's that's a next week thing. Yes, 100. percent uh, on to baseball. Really? Are we headed towards a lockout? You know what, buddy? There's got to be something going on here because as we were talking off air, I don't understand why Cody Bellinger, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, all of these guys have not been signed. And every there's at least 20 teams that could use one or all of these guys in their lineup just to improve for the season. However, I do hear that they've been asking for a lot more money. And you know when the new contract comes up in baseball, they're not going to quite do like they do in basketball because this is the last of the old school um, free trade enterprise baseball. You know what I'm saying? But there must be something going on because they say they want to raise the taxes in, uh, in baseball. The luxury tax? The luxury tax. They want to raise it up to, to because of L.A. Uh, yeah, yeah. Do you think that is that, that is? But like, I mean, are, are, how many teams are actually in the luxury tax, though? Not many, a few. Yeah. I think our beloved Toronto Blue Jays should go there, but that we'll talk about. They that. They never will with these guys, uh, we'll unless get... they're like on the verge of like a championship. You know, so I think they're going to play it safe. So we're now catchers and re pitchers reported yesterday. Okay. So we're talking about two guys that could give you 200 innings, which I think is a joke in this new age, but that's another story for another day. Regardless. Okay, but uh, that's two guys that can give you 200 innings pitched. Snell won the Cy Young in both leagues. Yep. And he's only, what, 30 years old, 31 years old? Oh, plenty of mileage left to go. Oh, no doubt about it. So I'm not understanding why the teams that need pitching – or a guy like Bellinger putting him into the heart of your lineup. I heard it has a lot to do with the fact that the contracts that they're asking for, that people don't want to get strung up. The out term? Yeah, because they're all getting pushing that 30 age 
All three of them are in and around that age. So some of the talk is, why would you guy give a guy eight years when the last two years you're going to get a pool house or a Cabrera kind of production? Right, right. But you pay in the beginning, you don't worry about the end, isn't it? That's how it works. I guess teams are getting a little bit more careful about that since they are seeing the mistakes that other teams have made. Well, you can't. I would be weary of that if I were a GM, to be honest. Well, I'm not going to give freaking uh, uh, Jordan Montgomery seven years at $35 million. No. Or I'm not going to. I'd give Snell, maybe. It's like a five-year deal off the table for these guys, though. I don't, I don't understand that. There should be a five-year deal, but if they're a five-year deal, wouldn't you take it? Like, okay, you I would, but were their agents saying? Oh, let's not bring that word up. You know, that's, that's it's a boogeyman in my house. Every agents, I, I feel like getting some raid so I can kill the bugs. You know what I mean? Like, but in any event, it's, it is weird because um, why wouldn't you take five years? Okay, so you're Montgomery. You take five years at $150 million. Oh, that's not enough? What has he done to garnish anything more than that? Oh, we're going to pay for your potentially. Well, potentially, you're going to suck in the last year. Yeah, yeah. And then we're going to still pay you that money. So I think that dichotomy is going on too a bit. But it, it just, I don't understand. Like, what do you need? It's like goalies in hockey. You need starting pitching. And these just two. Just pitchers in general. Yes, and they're just sitting there. I don't understand it. We're going to have to wait to see. But here at the house, that happens. We're leaning towards something crazy. Is going to, was it 26? The 20, 20, December 1st, 2026 is when the CBA expires. So we got two, 26. So we got three seasons to work this out, right? So people don't want to have those contracts when no. the new CBA is coming. Interesting. Yeah, we'll, 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 keep, we'll keep everybody posted. Uh, what do you think? But. Yeah, but keeping it in our uh, backyard, Vlad Guerrero recently got paid. He went to arbitration. Very few times that we've actually seen a Jay actually head to arbitration. $19.9 million. Okay, on the marketplace, he really is worth more if you're going to say about it. So let me just give you my two cents. Way back in the day when they hired Atkins and Shapiro, I said, why do you hire these guys? These guys are the bean counters from Cleveland. And the way that they had to work the Cleveland franchise, they should be commended for. The years they made the playoffs, the way oh, they sure. constructed the team, the way that they kept their salaries down under $100 million or around $100 million and still won. Although their first year away from Cleveland, they went to the World Series. There you go. Is that <laughs> it? Yeah, but they built the team. Sure, I'm just saying the timing's funny. I mean, some of those pieces, like, the to finish it off weren't theirs, obviously. Okay, so my thing is they come to Toronto. And as anybody knows, and anybody that's a Toronto Blue Jay fan, do your homework. Some people say that we're as rich as any team in baseball. We went after Otani, remember? Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have money. So if we have some money, um, why are these two guys telling me when we refurbish the dome, you're going to have the greatest baseball experience you've ever had in the history of Toronto. How can you have a good baseball experience if the team isn't performing on the field? That's what I'm saying. The juxtaposition is killing me. Like, who's going to play third? Like, I'm really trying to go over what's our lineup going to be for the year. Now, Kurt and Jansen are going to have to play their, 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 their whatever their career numbers are. They're going to have to hit those numbers, and, and Kirk's numbers went well, down this I, last year. Yeah, but, but we talked about this, though. He, he did bounce back in the second half of the season once he started losing some of the weight. Okay, well, then we're going to see. Well, I heard Manoa's in shape, too. But let's get back to the bean counters and what they're doing here. I've been watching the Blue Jays for – I've been living in this city for about 40 years, and I, I think that if you check the um, statistics, I think that Toronto's gone to arbitration less than any team in baseball. Okay, is not Vladdy supposed to be a generational player? Oh, of course. I think he's leaving town. That's my take on the matter because once you have to go to arbitration, now they did give him that deal, the early deal, like when he first came up. Mm -hmm. They gave him a better deal than uh, 
most young guys get right, that have right. to go through that. I, I understand that. I accept that. So they did show some respect there. But we got a player of this. Was it showing respect or was it just like what they had to give him? Okay, so then they decided they're not going to have to give him anymore. Is that what happens? So I'm just saying that let's just see, let's just discuss Vladdy's production, his body language, and uh, his aggressiveness. Okay, his production down okay. over the last couple seasons. Body language completely off. Okay. And then his pitch, pitch selection, he's swinging at pitches that are like three inches off the plate. How many times did he get caught off base this year doing dumbass shit? Oh, too many. Shit, okay? and too you, many. I hope they just Felt clear. like once every couple of weeks we are getting a play like that. Guy's, what, 24 years old now, right? 24 years old. Like, I mean, you should be able to do some things that you learned in freaking Little League that you shouldn't be doing in the major leagues. Yeah. Okay. I mean, we all knew he wouldn't be, like, this great defensive player. But, like, man, like, on offense, on the base paths... At the plate? Running a set of innings? Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, getting yourself into double plays that are the weirdest double plays you've ever seen. So I'm saying this. I love Laddie still. And, and, and I, even though I say I think he's going to be gone, like when he becomes a free agent, I think he's just going to leave town. I just got that vibe because yeah. you see how the team was this time last year. We were talking about all the guys that left. And it's interesting because Teoscar Hernandez got a contract um, but didn't he have to go through? Didn't he do some weird shit with Seattle to sign him? I with don't who, know. sorry? Who did, who did Teoscar Hernandez sign for again? But I heard there was some dancing around his contract because. Oh, really? Yeah, because they were talking about that attitude or that laissez faire. And I don't want to say anything because then you sound like whatever. But you know what Teoscar does, though? Hits the ball really well. No, we should never have let him go. We should never let Guriel go. That's I, a, I that think old, the Guriel trade is the, the one where you circle. Well, it's gonna hurt. Like. That's gonna haunt us forever yeah. because they just had the top 100 players in baseball. If you're watching MLB Network, and Marino's in the 90s already. Yeah. And he wasn't even a blip on the map last year, and he's already in the 90s, and he's like 21. Well, he was considered a top prospect, though. Let's not kid ourselves. Oh no, no, I agree. So why do we? What's Akins and Shapiro doing? They're uh, worrying about the, the baseball experience and, exactly, the, and the pinball machine. Exactly, we want the thing. So I'm thinking I'm very, very worried about the Blue Jays. However, if you look around, we've done the least in the American League East to solidify a team that can make a run to win the division. We are the worst. However, if you look around at the Yankees and the Red Sox, what did they do? They went out and got a handful of pitching as much as they can because we have to look at it this way. This is the only ray of light I see is our starting pitcher. We're going to go into camp right now. We got five, six guys that could yeah. start, including, what's his name, Tedeman? Tedeman. Tedeman. My theory is this. Let's go back to the Jimmy Key days. And like I think I said this last week, make Tedeman the closer along, along with um, our buddy. Romano? Romano, our Canadian boy. Because I'm not trusting Romano. Or, why not six starters? What's that? Six starters. I'm not, I'm not big on the six starters. Maybe we're not in Japan. We're not in Korea. So what? Okay, so I'm, I'm thinking maybe we should get away from that because some guys are designed for five, some are six. I know. I know what you're saying. I Who's don't know designed? For, I, I think that's nonsense. I mean, they used to do four days back in the day. Better nutrition, better equipment, better blah, 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 the Guys blah, are blah. also working themselves harder nowadays. Generation Because what, you, what you're forgetting is recovery is important too. Maybe these guys aren't getting as much recovery as they should. You know what? I don't know what to say to that because I grew up in baseball. Like I said, if you pitched 200 innings, you were the fifth starter. You were a bum. You were next to a bum. Now you pitch 200 innings, you get 30 million. Like what happened in my lifetime that it got to that? 
There's nothing that you can tell me aesthetically speaking except for better equipment, launch angle, all this other... Oh, well, that's a pitcher's got to worry about. Don't throw that ball that gets into the guy's launch angle. You know, do you have this pitch or that pitch? Or are you good in the seventh? Are you good against righties? Oh, you can't pitch again to the lefty. All that. Well, I mean, with the launch angle is just like, it's whatever. What's in his wheelhouse? I mean, isn't that like what guys would do back in the day too? You don't want to throw it there because that's the strong spot in his... Uh, whatever. No, um, I agree. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but I'm just I, I'm saying something has gone wrong, and it's wrecked baseball in a weird way. You know what I mean? And I don't want to say the A word because I I respect that. Okay, but something along the way has um, taken away from the game in that. It's the moments. I'm going to say that every time I'm on the I'm on a show. It is the moments. What do you remember about the great games? It's the moments. Yeah. I'll say this one more time. Do you think in 2024 they would have allowed Kurt Gibson to hobble out of a dugout to take a swing in the ninth inning against no. the best closer in baseball? No. no, but Lasorda had a feeling. Can you give us a swing, Kurt? The rest is history, okay? But that's not going to happen in this well, day we, and age. But like on the flip side, like I don't want to get too far on this tangent, but we only celebrate that moment because it worked. What if he hurt himself in that moment? But he didn't. Uh, but he could have. Okay, so that's the, what that's, the, but, but that's the chance you're taking if you put a guy in that situation. That's all I'm saying. Okay, and I, I'm, I'm not going to argue about that factor because that's very important, especially when you're playing guys millions of dollars to play. Play this game. All you're right? investing in people. You're investing. Agreed. Okay, however, I don't want to take – if you feel something – Sometimes you just feel something, and that's yeah. where you gotta go. You gotta go. We with gotta. I don't, we gotta kind of move all this. But the last thing I want to say is, you can't. I agree with you in that you can't have your team be run by computers. Exactly. Blake Snell being pulled out of that World Series there game. There you is go. The, that's the dumbest one. Rios last year in the playoff game. Rios yeah, getting yeah. yanked. You know, there's certain things we gotta respect, but just, there's thinking and then there's overthinking. There you go. But before we go, I don't know if that's necessarily an analytics issue, but no, I didn't say the A word. I'm trying not to. In any event, I'm just going to end the Blue Jay things on this. Um, there's been a lot of chatter about the Blue Jay dressing room. And uh, I think we mentioned it last week, but he even mentioned it again. Like he did a little interview. He can't wait to get Justin Turner. Can't get wait to get into the Blue Jay dressing room that's good to hear oh i think it's great but let's talk about this bo bichette saying come on man we should be beyond that this is bo's team let's call it i want it to be Bo's team now i do believe laddie's going to have the best year of his career because the money's coming up and you got to have numbers if you want oh, that sure. big number so i think he's going to give us a great year and then sayonara because he's still what two years away from free agent i, I think believe so it coincides with the end of the collective bargaining agreement right almost almost in any event, we'll be talking about the Blue Jays because, like we said, pitchers and catchers are starting this week. Yes, and you may have noticed I will not be going to Florida for spring training anymore. I kind of bailed on that. but How come? I'm dying to. I've never done it. I want uh, to Just That's The team was list. pissing me off this offseason, so I'm like, I'll Don't save it for another the, time. Yes, yes, it is. We are worried about the Blue Jays, but like uh, here at the house, it happens. We'll keep you posted. Let's move it on sure. from one of America's favorite sports to another one of America's favorite sports, the NBA. Uh, uh, nothing but analytics. <laughs> nothing but analytics, yes. Interesting uh, week, don't you think? In very interesting week. First of all, shout out to uh, Kobe Bryant. Three statues unveiled outside of, uh, what's it called, that crypto something? Staples Center. Uh, I mean, whatever. What, it's one corporate name to another. It's The name is almost as good as that, that Red Bull name team, the Visa. <laughs> Visa Cash App. Two, yeah, RB. yeah, the, yeah the two, two of the worst names I've ever That's why heard. we call Red Bull 2 at uh, THTH. Okay, that's um, it. But uh, one thing I want to get to, though, 
three statues for Kobe. Isn't that... I mean, I know the city, and, like, I know he's kind of, like, a cultural icon, like, you know, the way he died and all that, but isn't three statues a little overkill? Did you notice the significance of the day that they did this? 2-8-24? Oh, his, yeah, the numbers. Okay, that has to do with it. And they don't want to forget the, the daughter. Yeah. So I, I think that two would have been good, but they want to have a – because he wore two numbers. Yeah. Well, I think that's special. overkill, too, that they retired both of his numbers. I think that's a little silly, but uh, – You know what it is now? Um, I'm going to look at it this way. First and foremost, God bless my son, who's probably hanging out with Kobe right now. But um, the Kobe phenomenon was so huge, and it was so international. And um, his love in – and, like, who's a bigger Laker than him, Magic Johnson or Kobe? Okay, they both won five. Mm -hmm. Okay, but I mean, what Kobe has done from a Mamba mentality and leave, leaving Shaq and coming back and winning two more with, it, with another cast of characters has put him on the pantheon of athletes in L.A. that, like, who's bigger than Kobe? Yeah, but a lot of that's just marketing, don't you think? I don't know, because like I said, there's people in Japan, there's people in Africa running around in Kobe jerseys. They're not running around in Kawhi jerseys. I get that. You know but what I, I mean? That's, just, that's marketing, though, is what I'm saying. So I'm, I'm thinking Because I will argue, though, like there was like, what, a three-year period maybe where, where you could argue Kobe was the best player in the league? Yes, yes, okay. So I'm not taking that away from him. He was a fantastic player. Oh, no, no, and I top five. You could say he's top five of all time. My point is this. I think that what you have to do is you have to recognize the tragedy of the situation. And what not only that, Kobe had just won an um, Oscar. Yes, for, for the a, animated film. Yes, yeah. and he was moving on to a new career. And everybody that has ever met Kobe has ever said, this guy will uplift you no matter what. That was his personality, along with the work ethic, mm -hmm. which he always said, work ethic, work well, yeah, ethic. Yeah, that's the Mamba mentality. That's what he's kind of famous for. Yeah. Okay, so now what you're doing is they want everybody to do, like, what are they going to do? Put one statue on each side of the arena? Right. I don't know. I don't know where they're going to put the three. I mean, the Staples Center is already, or whatever it's called now, is already getting, kind of getting ridiculous with the amount of statues they have outside. But well, they're, they're, they're like that. It's very thing. L.A. I just want to say. kind of where I'm getting to with oh, that point. Of course. But anyways, I just want to say um, the courage that Vanessa Bryant had getting up to make the speech at the, um, at the ceremony opening this, op uh, to unveil the statue. Woman's got to be strong. You know what I mean? And she's sitting with her two daughters who are still too young to understand anything that their father right. did. I think there's a lot of that that plays into it. But uh, shout out to Kobe. We'll never forget him. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Uh, also, shout out to one of our favorites here at the house that happened, Scotty Barnes, being named an NBA All-Star as an injury replacement. It's going to be his first game. He's also going to be in the... Uh, was it the, the skills challenge? He's going to be participating in that as team with team all stars. Oh, that's a cool thing. Yeah. But uh, Drago looks good now. The coach looks good on that famous rant when he said, <laughs> "Scotty Barnes is an all star." Scotty Barnes is an all now he is an all star. Um, just and I'm, Darko. I'm, I'm, um, and I'm very happy for him. Um, last night, uh, it, Scotty's is having a great year, but it, it's a weird juxtaposition with the. Uh, Raptors right now. I think Kobe. I mean, um, I think Scotty had a triple double last night, but he's close to. I think he was a couple assists short. Yeah, was that what it was? Yeah. In any event, can't the, the Raptors get a layup? Can we make a layup? Like, you know what I mean? If you miss two, you that's, miss three. Okay. Uh, but the, they, what with did they basketball miss now, that's such a huge problem. Even like, I don't want to throw some people under the bus, but you see it at Humber too. 
Oh, really? Uh, where you're like, the, the three-point uh, percentages, you're like, guys, like, for the percentages that you're shooting at, like, Stop you should it. not be shooting this much. Okay, and not only that, then they get inside. Like, I think Portal had a triple-double last night. He had a double-double. A double-double, yeah. but he had a huge game. But, I mean, he would have scored 30 points last night if he hit the other four layups. He missed. Like, but what it, are they doing inside? Are they getting too excited? I don't know. I counted eight layups. Pirtle's leading the league in field goal percentage, though. I know. That's why I was surprised. But, I mean, we're talking about... Uh, I think they should be feeding him more on most nights. Oh, I do, too. Get him inside. Because we're one of the top five teams in the league that score in the paint, even though we're far from the playoffs, which is just give you an indication that even though it's a three-point league year, uh, three-point league, if you're not making the shots, go back inside and play defense. And the Raptors still play a modicum of defense. I'm starting to wonder if we start to see NBA teams start to figure that out. Like, let's say if Boston wins the championship this year, they don't they don't play a run and gun style. I mean, they can obviously shoot the three, but they're a little bit more old school. You know, bang it inside. They have the personnel to do that, right? I don't know if they do it enough though, because they shoot more threes than anybody in the league. And their percentage, I think they're the number one team shooting threes, so they seem to get away with Maybe. it. Maybe. And when they do lose games, like when they lost to the Lakers last week, they tried to three point their way back into it, and they clanged. So everybody just had bad nights, which can happen yeah. to anybody. But what are they shooting it at? They're only shooting, as a team, they're shooting 40-some percent. They got four guys that can bury them. Yeah. I get that, but sometimes, like, when the playoff comes and it's more of a half-court game and you're defending the perimeter a little bit more, are you going to, like, you're going to have to get dirty sometimes. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? That's why I see teams like Dallas. Like, I mean, I'll go to the old Charles Barkley theory that jump shooting teams don't win championships. And along came the Golden State Warriors and kicked the hell out of that yeah. theory. But how many teams are the Golden State Warriors? It's one team. That's one team. So I call them the anomaly, so to speak. Um, I, I'm just saying the Raptors, I still say they're two or three players away. I don't know what they're doing. Like the way that the trade deadline went down. Yeah, look, well, it's, it's, they're building for next year. I'm, I'm surprised Gary Trent's still on the team, though. I want to keep him now. I think we should okay. resign him. I, I really think we should because um, what happens now, in my opinion, about how basketball works, when you have all these in-season stuff and you not know where you're going as opposed to a team that bring out those pieces that are going to take you to the next le level in the playoffs, you have what you call like that honeymoon period. And I think yeah. it's weird with the, with the Raptors now with all the differences in personnel that I think they're just, I just hope that they're competitive for the net, net rest of the year. But I do think that the Raptors are a lot closer to being a good team than all this doom and gloom that we're getting about them. You know what I mean? Yeah, they need to get some more defensive guys, though, because you look at the guys they add, like a lot of them are great offensive talents, you know, like RJ and uh, Quickly, but... I'm not going to... Defense of the side of the ball, it's a little lacking. RJ's picking up his defense. I really think he is. I think that the fact... But that you still need to add, like, those defensive... Like, a defensive wing, a defensive guard, maybe. Well, that may be coming because one of the things that we did keep was I was kind of weird is... Like, the, we let Dinwiddie go. We still traded him. We waived him. I know it's contract. But and, we, oh, news coming in the house that happens. Newswire. He's but, signing with the Lakers. Didn't we? Yeah. What did I tell you <laughs> off the air? What did I say? As soon as I, I, I was excited because I know Dinwiddie because uh, he's a good player, fantasy basketball guy. He's on my team. I know what the guy can do. But like I'm saying, Kyle Lowry's going there next. You know what I'm saying? Dinwiddie's going to fit into the Lakers like a glove. Like you know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes you get pieces to fit mm -hmm. in, and now the Raptors are picking up guys to see what kind of rotation they're going to have in the next year. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. We didn't let that Brown guy go. What's his name? Um, Bruce Brown? Bruce Brown. We didn't let him go, and he's a great off-the-bench kind of guy that you need. Now, 
Um, I'm I'm kind of surprised that Schroeder got traded. That one surprised me too. But you know what it but, is? I mean, he, he lost his starting job. He like he didn't fit in with yeah. this. His style of play wasn't fitting in. I think with the way that Draco was looking for a rotation, even though he played good. And thanks for coming here and thanks for signing in Toronto because like he'll be able to tell other free agents. Like, yeah, that's the word. Do you sign in Toronto? But I mean, yes. he's, he's European, so I mean that's a little bit of uh, French. What? He's French. Isn't he's he? German. German? Oh, yeah. Schroeder. German. Oh, yeah, right. That's why he took him to the finals, right? Or semifinals? Yep, yep. And that was his thing. No, I'm... I'm no, but, like, he's a European. That's obviously a much easier sell than uh, an American, let's say. But, um, obviously, it's just a way for them to get out of that contract, which, if you want to get out of there, smart move, I guess. Uh, we also get Kelly Olenek, so Raptors are... Quickly becoming Team Canada is uh, the Wiggins is on the way, and then when Dylan Brooks gets pissed, Hell he's yeah. coming here too. Hell yeah. So we're going to have a dirty ass. So I'll be like late 20s, early 30s by then, which is a great thing because um, looking around the rest of the NBA, first of all, there's a lot of talk about um, – Who's going to be the MVP now that uh, Joel Embiid is hurt? And that's a drag. You know what I mean? MB- MB- well, if you've been following, you'd know the last couple weeks he had been falling out of contention because he just wasn't going to meet the games played requirement Agreed. at all. But, I mean, like, you got to uh, – okay, I'm taking – one one year when we had our five biggest bitches, I had him beat on that list because he used to yap too much. But he's really gotten away from that, and he's become that generational player. Like, his step-back jump shot is – no defense for yeah. that. He's playing at his size. He's playing in a way that, wow, you, you know what I mean? We don't see many players. Like, you've got uh, Nicola in Denver, who's a big man too, but his game's completely different. Oh, for sure. But I'm saying, like, at times, neither one of those guys, are you can defend them because whatever their skill set oh, yeah, they're bringing they're, to the table. Yeah. So I'm kind of feeling like it's a drag for Embiid. I got no Philadelphia love. They lost again last night. I think they're going to be in big trouble. I think picking up um, – uh, Buddy Heel's going to help. If, if Oh, yeah, because they need the three-point shooting to keep up with Boston. That's what I'm thinking. But Embiid has but to you're come losing, back. But you lose all your presence in the inside. They still got Embiid. They still, if he comes back. If he comes back. Which and how's I'm, he going to look when he comes back? I think maybe that if it's bad enough, if Meniscus said it is, that he should... Uh, Be shut down? Shut down for the year. Sorry, Philly, the yeah. process continues. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what are you going to do? However, now that's opened the door... For the MVP um, conversations getting a little bit hairier now. Yeah. And I don't believe in fatigue, even though it happens. I don't think the NHL does it. But people talk about uh, fatigue, like with the Kansas City Chiefs, which we'll talk about later. Like, oh, we see them all the time. Oh, we vote for them all the time. Let's vote for somebody different. I think that's bullshit. The guy's the best guy. Just. I agree. But, I mean, a lot of it comes down to, to, like, the wording of these awards and the wording is everything you know what i mean it's everything and nothing at the same time agreed (laughs) so let's discuss this seriously i watch a lot of basketball and i've got into it with a few people later so what i'm going to do one of these times is i'm going to do a little demonstration from my man cave so people could actually see what exposure i have to games and on any night of the week, and everybody knows I'm watching eight hours of football or eight hours of, of sports every day, practically. But my point being is this: I'm not saying that I'm any I'm knowing more or I'm some great analyst, but I watch enough sports to understand. Like I should be a voter for picking MVP, and if I were picking the MVP in the NBA right now, I'm picking Kawhi Leonard. Who leads the league in three-point percentage right now. I'm picking Kawhi Leonard. The guy on both ends of the floor is unbelievable. Now, what has happened is 
Harden is turning out to be the greatest Robin of all time. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you need Batman and Robin. And they got Paul George, and they got the Energizer ben- Bunny, um, Westbrook coming off the bench. They got a got bunch of role guys. Like, yep. what are they? They've moved into first in the in the West, I So, I, I think they've – well, they fell back. But, like, the top four in the West, they're all, like, within one game of each other. It's like uh, Minnesota, Oklahoma City – Denver. Denver and the Clippers are all within one game of each other. And I think that's going to stay that way for the rest of the year. However, when the dust is settled, I well, think... Well, I mean, someone could hit a streak. You don't know. But uh, they're all going to be very close. And don't forget, you got Phoenix kind of like a few games behind them knocking at the door. The Phoenix they're, bitches? They're all healthy, though, those the bitches. The Phoenix bitches? I hate to say that. I was wearing my old Durant shirt the other day from OKC. Okay, because I love the guy. I don't know what's going on in Phoenix. I think they've got the structure to do it. Because the, the like people don't understand a guy like Grayson Allen. Yeah, that's why Milwaukee's hurt. Like, why did Milwaukee hurting? They True Holiday and Grayson Allen don't play in that team anymore. You know how much defense that is. You know how much dirty work that yeah. is. You know how many elbows flying. How many shits going on? Stuff like that. So I think Milwaukee's going to fade away. Too bad for Doc. We'll talk about yeah. that in a second. But I'm I'm now firmly on the Clippers bandwagon. And I really think that if they're my choice, if, if God came down right now, if there's a God and said, you got to pick one team to win the NBA championship right now, I'm going to go with um, the Clippers over the Celtics. And you know what the main reason why? The Clippers don't depend on the three-point shooting as much as the Celtics. They can get dirty inside. And that could be the difference in a playoff series. Well, I, I agree with you. I think the Celtics will make the finals and they will lose. But I think it's going to be to the Denver Nuggets. No, I think that the Clippers have got enough to battle them. Even though there's guys like Aaron Gordon. Like, people, if you're watching basketball, that's what I say. It's going to be pretty much the same Nuggets team. I think, like, minus, like, one guy. Yeah, Brown. Brown, the guy in Toronto. That's the only difference. But when you watch enough basketball, and, God, there's some god-awful games. Again, like, come on. The product, like, some days, guys. Come on, look at the game last night. Milwaukee beat Charlotte. Charlotte's a shit team. We know that. But 30-some points. Charlotte's pathetic, though. Oh, look at now. Since Embiid's left Philadelphia, man, those guys have trouble getting to 100 points. You know what I mean? So the quality of the games, but... Yeah, and this isn't the early 2000s. If, you, if you're not hitting 100 points, you're not winning. You're in big trouble. Well, let's take it one step further here. The only caveat I have is this. LeBron James and Anthony Davis, now that they got Dinwiddie and they're not done, and Mike, if you're listening, I know you hate the Lakers because you say there's a trade deadline for the league and then there's the <laughs> Lakers trade deadline with the waiver time, right? Good, bad, or ugly... I'm saying that the Lakers are sitting in the weeds. I don't think that they're doing anything to run their players in the ground. I don't think they care if they're a play-in or if they're an eighth seed because what they're doing is LeBron and AD's attitude is we're going to have to beat these guys anyway. If we play them in the first round, we play them in the third round. You know what I mean? So I think that they're just making sure, hey, guys. Although, once you're going to the play-in, though, you're playing with fire. Oh, I agree, but I think that the – uh, hubris of LeBron and AD says, ah, we'll just bitch slap these guys out of the way and who's next. So who are they going to come in? I hope it's the Lakers play the Clippers. That's, Could work out that way. I would really love to see it. Nobody's traveling, no excuses, and Kawhi's only, Kawhi's only missed three games. Yep. You know what I mean? And you know another good thing about the Clippers too, because this is how much basketball I watch, the Clippers have blown some people out this year. They get to that fourth quarter, they just wear you down with that lineup. So when you're looking at the uh, bench over there, who's sitting on the bench? 
Why? Because they don't yeah. need him. Now, let's rest him. Put him in. Who's sitting beside him? Paul George. Like, you know what I mean? Ty Lue is a smart guy. Oh, yeah. He's a good coach, as opposed to the other team that I think could make it beat them in the finals is let's not sleep on the New York Knicks. Oh, yes. You know what They've I mean? They've been just dominant since uh, OG Ananobi has come there. And it's a drag now because OG, the injury bugs hit him again. You know he's out for three weeks. Eh? Oh, really? He just got hurt. I think it was an elbow thing. He's out. Randall's out. And, yeah, uh, Randall's, yep. Who but, Scotty Barnes is replacing, I believe. Yeah, and, but they, um, who do they pick up at the trade deadline was good for them. I can't remember. But in any event, um, if everybody's healthy, uh, by the, which is all going to say by the middle of March, which could kind of screw up the Knicks' position in the, in the playoffs because it would be nice to start off with a home series. Yeah, but I mean, the good thing for them is that you have Milwaukee and Philly around you or ahead of you. I can't remember the exact seating, but like, those teams are falling down, so it's going to be a little bit of a benefit. You could at least tread water for the time being. And if I'm talking about Kawhi Leonard being the MVP in the league, everybody knows it by now. Um, Jalen Brunson should be getting his flowers too because he's been he's leading that New York team. He's been on both ends of the floor. He got named a starter to the All-Star game, didn't he? No. Or no, no he's Damian, just on the team? Yeah, he got. But Either every, way. Everyone said that he should have been getting it over Damian Lillard, but Damian Lillard's got more of a um, – Yeah, name brand recognition. And name brand recognition makes me sick. What do you think about Doc leading Milwaukee? Is it going to work? <laughs> I've given my two cents on this. Have fun uh, blowing a 3-1 series lead in the playoffs, guys. Okay, and another interesting thing is I think that OK- First round exit. Uh, OKC picking up Hayward from Charlotte I think is an interesting thing because um, OKC could use a little bit more outside shooting. Yeah, a little bit of depth scoring, depth some better scoring. leadership. Yeah, I so thought that was a good move. I thought it was a very good move because people aren't talking about um, guys like Anthony Edwards enough and the fact that the OKC and the Timberwolves have been top of the West for most of the season, which is considered the, the strong division right there. Clippers have moved up a bit. Clippers have yeah. on Oh, and Denver's caught them too. You know what yeah. I mean? And the problem is historically, and I hope it's wrong, especially for our boy Shea, is that young teams – don't win in the beginning. You know what I mean? They That's fine, though. He'll, he'll pay his dues. Well, he, he should have success eventually. Well, that's what think. I'm saying. So I'm not saying when I'm betting this year, when the playoffs comes or we're making our predictions, even though I love – you know I love Anthony Edwards. Mm. I love Shea. I'm not going to be freaking betting my dog on these guys because I'll be sure. nervous. The example is just 12 years ago or 10 years ago when Golden State was coming up. And they had Curry and Clay and Draymond and um, Harrison Barnes and who else did they have? Uigudala. Mm -hmm. That team was solid, but they were so damn young. What did they do? They got bitch slapped in the well, second round. Well, uh, that's a little bit of a different story though, because Golden State came in that first year as a number six seed, I believe, and they lost to the Clippers. I'm not sure. Yeah, I can't they were. Remember. But yeah, then but then, he, but then uh, Clay's second season, they won the championship. No, it was his third. Okay, either way. More, but no, it was even might even more than that. They they had their their stumbling blocks. Like if you look back at historically, they had their stumbling blocks. The Toronto Raptors had their stumbling blocks. They needed, oh. that, they needed that piece to come in and finish it off. So uh, we got lots to talk about in the NBA later, but I think we should get back to we are Toronto-centric, yes. aren't we? And there was a big event in Toronto here last weekend, the All-Star, which was, I mean, the skills competition, the more I think about it, the more I liked it. Okay, Honestly, first, first, the game itself was a little... And although I like that Team Matthews was trying. Yes. Although the, the funny thing is, like, um, some guys on Team McDavid were a little upset because they were saying Team Matthews was trying too hard, uh, which is hilarious. It's like a million bucks? Uh, exactly. A million bucks? And, like, there was people complaining about that Matthews was, like, trying too hard on face-offs and stuff. It's like, oh, my God, guys, give me a break. 
that's just bitches shit. But let's just look at it from a, a, this perspective. We live in the city. And um, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of NHL Network because sometimes it's, not, I don't, don't want to say anything about Americans, but that's another story. I'm just saying sometimes the way, if you hear how they talk about the game in America and they talk about it here, it's just insane. Okay, you think it's two different Different sports. language, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, you need an interpreter sometimes <laughs> when those guys are talking. But the, uh, the feeling was that um, this Toronto All-Star game put the game back on a map from a credibility, integrity, fan experience. Although there have been problems brought up with the, the skills competition. Okay, which one didn't you like, or was the fact that Kucherov was a no, dick? no? It's just oh, oh, that's oh, that's that's a big one. That like a guy who showed up there like clearly didn't give a shit. Half in the bag, they say now. I believe it. Oh, of course. But He's the problem, yeah, but they're saying the problem of it too is that like it's so many. Was it twelve players that got in? Yeah. So many of them were from like the same teams that like other markets weren't really paying attention. So that might have, they might have to change it to like one per team as like a representative for that skills challenge. I could see that. But you know what? Then that takes away from it. If your guy's not good enough, Suzuki wasn't in the skills challenge, was he? No, but this is more of an American thing. Like, they want the, the eyes. God bless the America. Fuck you. Come on. It's what the best uh, of Well, guess what, though? Money makes the world go round, does it not? There's uh, a lot of money in the States. Okay, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm a little concerned about that because in the NBA, they don't do that. They just take the best guys. Let's go for it. Well, it, it's oh, hold on, roster. hold on. It's different though in the NBA because like each competition is like what? Okay, there's four guys for the dunk contest and like eight for the three point contest. Yes, it's much different. Okay. And don't forget, like hockey is a lot like baseball, where it's a m much more about like your team than it is following the whole league, especially in the states. Okay, I, I, that's an interesting point. But I'm just saying that if you're not an all-star event, I want the best, and I want the best competing. Like, uh, let's be, okay, there's not going to be any shortage of, like, fantastic players. Let's uh, be real. Agree, but I don't think that, uh, uh, yeah, we, we, we always got to, you know what it is, because it gets back to it. Like, we're in the, like, now, okay, even though I'm a di disciple of the Habs, Toronto is probably the mecca of hockey. Yeah. Let's cut to the chase on that. I've been living here a long time, man. Like, you know, it's a mecca of hockey. I was happy that Toronto scored that goal the other night against Dallas. I'll just let you know that. So the rest of you people, I'm going to confession for admitting that. But that's another story. The bottom line is we did a great display of putting on the All-Star game here. And I'm going to tell everybody, whether you like it or not, I'm not watching a game. It's shit, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to say it again because I said it last week is this. The reason you have an All-Star game is so you can celebrate the accomplishments of players that have given their whole life to get to that position. So whether or not they take it as seriously as they should from a playing point of view, let's celebrate the fact that we have greatness before us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm getting at. So I think the All-Star Game should go on forever, even though it's not going to be on next year. We'll discuss well, that in a minute. Yes, we're getting something else. But we should be proud of the fact that the buzz in the city, the buzz around the league, and every player was saying that this is one of the best All-Star experiences they've had in years. Yeah. Okay, so we should be proud of that as a city. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I'm uh, happy with that. Yeah, and it, like the with the back to the skills challenge, I McDavid, like Mc, McDavid, he can't come back into it next year. He's got to give someone else a chance, right? Uh, For this to work, I think so. Um, however, I'm going to look at it from this point of view. The reason that perhaps maybe he's going to come back is that the NHL has a serious problem marketing personalities. Is McDavid coming back and help that, really? Well, at least we know he's one of the best athletes in the world. Athletes. I'm not talking about hockey here. For sure. You know what I mean? So I think that he'd have to be the face of something. 
I don't think he wants that. Oh, I don't think he does either. But I mean, like, what are you going to do when you're the best player in the world? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm, but also him showing up and winning the skills challenge every year, that's, that's going to be boring television. Larry Bird came every year and won the three-point play. Well, well okay. this is also where there's that money on the line. Good. I don't know. I think this is I, – I think – I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But I'm still on this side of the fence where I'm thinking, you know what, I want McDavid around. And it's interesting because we discussed this off air. Still the biggest personality around this stuff is a guy that doesn't even play in the league. You know what I mean? Like getting more exposure. I do it, yeah. like, and I, I'm not even have to mention the name because if I have to mention the name, and he's from Etobicoke, um, and he's of an played ethic, with your Habs. Okay, whatever the case may be, my love hate relationship where him changes almost every day. But the fact that he comes out as a personality to sell the game and to sell the players and to sell the product, I think more guys should do that. Like. Um, Take the Tukes off. The Tukes are cool, but everybody wants to see it. Like, there's no identifiable guys. Like, you know who Patrick Mahomes is. You know who Vladimir Guerrero is. You know yeah. who Kawhi Leonard is. I don't think the Tukes are going to make – I mean, baseball players wear caps. Well, I'm, I'm not sure where I'm taking this, but the bottom line is I think that because I'm tired, I hate what I hear, and you agree with this, but I'm trying not to, is that is, is hockey really a niche sport in, in North America? In, not in Canada. In, in the States, yes. Okay, so... Just by the nature of having it on ice. Agreed. Because we're going to get to that in a minute, all right? But anyways, before we go any farther, All-Star Game was amazing. House that happens. What do they do? Give it a little clap. Thank yeah. you very much. We've been cool. The golf clap. Yes, we, which you've seen a lot of that. And I thought it was really cool that Michael Buble was buzzed out of his tree. I thought Biebs in that mad coat was just hilarious. <laughs> I mean, he's Biebs. Why can't he do that? That's showing personality. You know what I mean? And I didn't know who Tate McRae was two weeks ago, but now, now I can say I'm a big do. fan. <laughs> exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, that kind of stuff. Like, we know that now because those personalities rose up good, bad, or ugly. Yeah. But I wanted some players to do that, and I don't think that the personality that got the most attention was for the wrong reason, and that was because the Russian was being a dick. Come on. Did not give an F. Oh, not at all. I thought he had a beer in his back pocket. Yeah, like they were saying that, like, next year, the NHL's got to be the him. Like, hey, if you're going to do that, if you're going to be in this competition next you're year. You're not in. Yeah. Oh, that could be very well, too. Oh, yeah, and I don't think he'd give a flying whatever. You know what it is? But yeah. Good all-star game in Toronto. But speaking of Toronto, and we are Toronto-centric, how are your Toronto Maple Leafs looking there, buddy? Hot and cold coming from the all-star break. Okay, the first thing I want to bring up is the goaltending situation in Toronto. What are you guys doing? Help me out, please. Playing Samsonov. Playing our best goalie. Okay, one month ago, who was your best goalie? That was then. This is now. Okay, so what are you going to do? Kick the guy to the curb? Hey, but you said it yourself. This team may not, is not guaranteed that we make the playoffs. Okay, so I'm going to... Uh, we I'm, need every point we can get. Okay, so let's put it this way, okay? Is it an ideal position? No, but you got to play with the cards that you're dealt. Here's what you did. You thought you had a cool girlfriend. His name was Samsonov. But he got a little shaky, so you went out and dated Jones. But then at the last second, you went, well, Jones, I like you. But look over your shoulder and said, well, you know what, Samson? Well, you're also invested more in Samsonov. Agreed, but yeah. his contract's up after this year, isn't it? Sure. Okay, so. So is Jones. Okay, but then Jones is a total thing. When you started the season, it was supposed to be the tandem of Hall and, and Samsonov. Wall and Samsonov. Okay, so what I'm saying is that sometimes if you give a guy enough, what, what, what has happened is, the, what I'll give them credit for, the Toronto Maple Leafs have rebuilt Samsonov's confidence in himself and in how the team plays. For example, the last couple of games, how many times have you seen a Nylander, a, an Austin Matthews, a John Tavares behind their own net helping to take the puck out? 
Mm-hmm. You've seen more of that in the last few games, and that's the Edmonton style, which we'll talk about in a minute, with their 16-game streak. You know what I mean? Because Toronto's top-heavy. Where's their secondary scoring? The Dallas game was completely showed that there. Even though I'm not saying guys aren't trying, like Bertuzzi, Robertson, Domi, those guys are out there giving her. They're not getting the results no, you they're want. Not, they're not scoring. They're not scoring. So maybe it's going to break up over the season. But what I'm, saying, I'm starting to hear that like a lot of these guys in the bottom six could be on their way out by trade deadline. Ooh. Like Robertson, Camp, Yarncroak, those are names I've heard. I don't even if they, if they change Robertson, I think that's a big mistake. Even though you told me you think it's a personality uh, conflict with Definitely. other people there. But that guy's out there. He looks like the Tasmanian devil. And they put him on the line for a couple of shifts with um, Matthews and the boys. Yeah. And he looked pretty damn good out there. Okay. The poke, you know what I mean? But, you know, it's his energy. You know what I mean? He's forechecking. Yeah. He's helping out the defenseman. Because what's the biggest problem with the Toronto Maple Leafs? Oh, their physicality. Oh, uh, the forwards are. Their problem is these guys that can't play defense. Yeah. These guys oh. are horrible. Your defense is just unbelievable. Like, what, what, like, you know, I wasn't paying attention, but now that I am, Brody should get less ice time. Uh, yeah, what have I been saying? Yeah, you are so right. Like, he, he threw the puck on Harley's stick the other night, and Samson about made a great save. Did you see that play? Yeah, I watched that whole game. What were you doing? Passing the puck, aren't you? And he's our top pair D, too. Top pair D. Put it, he almost got an assist on a, on a Dallas goal. Samsonov made a great save. You know, because Samsonov, the other night, you got to admit, he did make some big saves at the right time. Yeah, exactly. Okay, which was... He's been doing that. Yes, I know, but he still flops too much. That's just going to kill you. Sure. Okay, but outside of that, where your, where's your defense now? I think Benoit should get more minutes. I think he should move up, even though he made a couple of mistakes the other night. Sure. You know He's not I mean? perfect. No, and no defenseman is. But I want an effort with least amount of mistakes. Mm-hmm. Giordano, pass his best before date. Playing his ass Oh, that up. penalty shot, uh, that was I, – I didn't get why he had to be so aggressive there chasing the guy. Because he's slow. And not only that, you gave it to but him. But, like, the guy didn't even have that much space. It's no. just like, let's not take the shot. I, I would have trusted Oh, Sam's maybe, enough. like, try and, like, mess with the stick a little bit. But, like – Matthews has got that down to a science. Yeah. Like, pulling the guy but not getting the penalty. He's got that. I think that's that little rink stuff that we yeah. talked about before, the skills that you develop in a smaller rink. He's got He goes in the corner and gets a puck out, which I really like. But the thing about that, Giordano – Great sixth defenseman. Give him 12 minutes a night. Let him help kill penalties. Okay? Yeah. But is that guy taking you to the Stanley Cup? No. I don't know. Your buddy Lilligren or whatever his name is. Good two shifts. Next thing you know, he's dumping the puck around the net. I don't understand that. And I see a lot of teams. When you push the puck around the net, shouldn't you see if somebody's there? If you cross the pass across the oh, center. Oh, McCabe's the worst at that. What's that? McCabe. Oh, I, I, I was getting to him. <laughs> Another guy, play, look, you know what he looks like? He looks like a gerbil in that, in that track. You know when they're running on the track? He's doing 90 going nowhere. Okay, and then when you do notice him, he's giving up the puck. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So who are you going to get? You're going to try to make a deal and get Tanev? No. So you're going to run with this crew and hope for the best. I think they know it's not their year. Why are we, we going to spend another first-round pick? I love when my partner across the table is already just saying, you know, we'll talk about it next year. If my Habs even got a sniff at the playoffs, I'm telling you they're going to Stanley Cup Finals. Okay, that's, that's you, that's that, me. Okay, I'm just saying, like, don't you have a little more faith in your team? Why? Once you're in the why? playoffs. Why? Any- why should I have faith? What have they shown me in the playoffs that they can win? Let's Maybe be honest. This what it was this How many year? playoff series wins have they had with these guys? We lost to fucking Columbus! <laughs> we lost to Montreal! Okay, uh... 
Well, I'm, you know what? And, and people are going to laugh. All my buddies are going to laugh because they go, you kind of try to pump up the Leafs, Cruzy. What are you doing? And I said, because I'm with Mr. Milani. I'm trying to help him out. You're not. I try I to live in this city. I don't need your help. I'm, I'm trying to boy. think of all the bars and all the entertainment and the money. How about the Leafs help themselves? So what are they going to do at the trade deadline? Sometimes you got to punt. Wow. With the, I'd with, rather draft in June. Instead of like having like three picks like Dubas has given us before. Oh, we have three seventh round picks. Oh, great job, Kyle. <laughs> great job. Really okay. doing a great job firming up this farm system that needs improvement. Okay. Don't trade Easton Cowan. Don't trade Fraser Mitten. Uh, don't trade. Do, definitely don't trade Matthew Nyes. Holy shit. No, no. He's just a, he just got to learn to play better hockey. No, Nyes you got to keep. Yeah. You know what I mean? He gets a little lost out there. But like, you really think about it. He's a rookie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. a rookie. He just came from college hockey to here, and he doesn't look out of place a lot of nights. And he's a big no, body no. hit, and I think he's going to score. I think he's going to be a 20, 25-goal scorer when, when, he get, when he gets his act together. So, yeah, and you got to keep Minton. I agree. So, my theory is this. Easton Cowan, by the way, having a tremendous year in juniors. Oh, unbelievable. Year. I don't know if you've seen the stats. Uh, yes, I know you, you looked him up. And he's gonna, he's, uh, they say he's going to be a first-team all-OHL like the first, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like first team all-star in the OHL, that's the word. But my point is this. In my lifetime, and I'm a little bit older than you, <laughs> I've seen things happen where teams get in the playoffs and shit happens. Yeah, but the, those teams are like kind of like those hard-nosed, like kind of, you know, dog-eat-dog kind of teams, like the LA Kings. Yes. If you, do the Leafs have any of that DNA? I'm, I'm, I see, Do the Leafs have any of that DNA, yes or no? I see Mariner nail. Yes or no, yes or no. I think they're building it. Nah, come on, that's nonsense, you know it. I see Mariner hit two guys in the Dallas game. Remember the guy went to clip him? <laughs> Mariner hit a guy. I've never seen Mar I've seen Mariner do more hits. Uh, okay, than, is fine. That they, can throw, they can throw a hit once in a while now, but how do they react when they get hit? They just, like, laugh it off? They're, they're not, like, pulling a Kutra off, like, slashing guys and whatever. They don't look bothered when they get hit. That's the problem. Oh, good point there. But I mean, okay. So now that's my other my other thing that I'm that I I think is a problem for the uh, the the Leafs. Bertuzzi's out there trying his ass off. He's trying got, a little too hard at times. Maybe okay. Robertson's out there. He's giving her. I don't think they should just dump Domi. I think they'd give him a team ever because Domi, though know, he's not scoring, plays both ends of the rink. That's very important. The I, problem is there. You have Fraser Mitten coming up. You want that uh, center spot available. So Domi moves to the fourth line. He's your fourth uh, line center. I don't think what he's going to want that. Well, what's he going? What, what, is Domi is Domi now? He would either have blossomed into something more or not. The guy's what okay, now, but 26, like I, I might, my point is he can go somewhere else and get that third line, second line ice time. Ah, uh, I think he's nah. He's been around the league too often. Now. What's his, his fourth stop? Yeah, but if the Leafs are saying, "Hey, so we like you, buddy, but we don't like you that much." I would leave. Okay, money changes everything. Yeah. Okay, I, I get that. But what I'm, I'm talking about, what your, to, to, to your point is, where's Toronto going to find this grit? That's In the, the offseason. Okay. <laughs> I heard at Costco they got a new grit section. Yeah. Like the new Costco up here in Etobicoke, you go down the road and you can buy no, a bag like, of grit. I'm starting to like give up faith in this Leafs group. Like, they're not going to wow. win. Wow. They're not going to win. Wow. They're not going to win. Okay, you know what? The house that happens... Um, I don't know what my Unless Montreal they make in. significant changes to the blue line, which I don't know how they do that. I'm just saying this. Maybe guys will rise up in the player, but I really think you should take a no, shot at Tanev. No, they get no evidence of that happening. Because they're going to wear Riley out before they get there, right? I don't know who they're going to play with it. I just say at times I see the Leafs defense and I just go, 
Oh my God, is that the result of having four guys making 10 million? I'm not sure. But that back end, and you know what? These guys were supposed to be comfortable, like McCabe, was coming in on the trade deadline like mm. last year, should have done more. Um, I don't understand, like, his issue. I don't understand Brody throwing the puck, throwing donuts around. I don't get that. He's passed his best before date. Oh, I'm starting to believe that. You know what I mean? Giordano is a great guy to have in the dressing room at 12 minutes a night. He's playing 18 sometimes. Yeah, it's too much. You know what I mean? I don't know about 12, maybe like 15, but like either okay, way, I think we can agree case, either way he's getting too much. 15 or less is on there, but I think Benoit should get a little bit more time. Yeah. I think that he he's ready to make the next step, and that's going to be your chance, but we're going to have to see at the trade deadline, because the trade deadline is what, 10 days away? It's getting close. It's getting damn close. You know what I mean? No, I don't think the Leafs make any significant moves, at least to add. Okay. If anything, they might sell. Okay, so speaking of the Toronto Maple Leafs, they have an interesting thing going on with one of their players. I guess we should allude to it. Yes, Correct? John Tavares is suing the CRA over $8 million. I agree what it is. Have you really looked into the background of this? Yes, I have. Okay, so I've done a lot of reading on it. Now, if you go onto a lot of sites and a lot of shit that's going on, um, you always hear from the average Joe, which you got to respect them because they're the guys watching on the TV and they're paying for the tickets. But the bottom line is they're saying, greedy NHL player, pay your taxes and shut up. Well, I also think these are people just not reading the whole story and exactly. just reading the headline, which is so rampant and our society nowadays but of course, either way if you believe everything here in social media or internet you're an idiot but that's another story well not even that just they just don't even put in the effort to actually like research what's going on okay so yeah. i'm gonna say this i thought about this all week since it's come up and we knew we we're going to talk about it and i didn't know which side to go because i'm not a rich guy and i'm never going to have tavares's money and i'm never going to live in oakville okay so let's cut to the chase on that however um, and I hate to bring up politics on the house that happens, but the government we have now loves to go out and find people that are making money and taking it away. Now, I forget the guy's name, but there's a stylist that got involved in this that was working in Toronto, but he was also working in New York. And he kind of got in the same conundrum, but we don't hear about him as enough because he's not John Tavares. So let's look at the facts. There is a deal between Canada and the United States that says... When you're an artist, rock band, uh, whatever, if blue athlete. athlete, blue man, if you're doing something in an entertainment value and you have to cross the border, they call it an inducement tax, so they're only going to charge you 13%. Everybody knows that. Is it fair because they're an artist that they're going to get a break because they're crossing the border? I think sometimes it should be because we're Canada and we're smaller and I hate tariffs, but at the same time, I want people to come here and play. Absolutely. However, let's do the facts here. When Tavares signed this contract, where was the money deposited? In New York. How many days did he live in Canada that year? Uh, 40 days. Okay. There's terrorists that have come here in this country and got money from grants that we don't even know about on a political level that have been here more than 45 days and they didn't pay any taxes. So I'm thinking that it's going to be a very interesting case in the fact that it's going to affect the future like you've already said. Mm -hmm. I hope Tavares wins. Okay, I, I hope he wins in this case. I don't think Tavares didn't get it, do anything wrong. I think that the CRA has just suddenly looked at his thing and said, oh, why do we, we look at it this way? And that's why we're in court. And his lawyers are saying, we're looking at it this way. But right. when you're talking about the inducement tax and crossing the border, I don't think Tavares did anything wrong. And God bless him, and you Toronto fans should too, because the money he left on the table 
the guy I'm playing here in Toronto is unbelievable. What if he had fourteen a, million dollars? What if he had signed in Dallas? Who? San Jose is the big one. Yeah, but I think that when they say the tax, like because there's California taxes are just as bad as Ontario taxes, by the way, or Canadian taxes. Yeah, but they're, they're offering him fourteen million dollars more. Ah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. But I think they said the aggregate amount of money because Dallas offered more than Toronto, but less than San Jose. But because there's no income tax in in um, in Texas, mm-hmm. that is net is net. Are you sure it, Dallas offered more than Toronto? Yeah, they said they offered him a bit okay. more than Toronto, and they said with the tax break in there, he would have made about uh, two million more a year, just in just in the and right, logistics right. with the taxes and that. San Jose is another problem because they offered him insane money. Thirteen by seven. Yeah, that that's insane money, and he didn't even take that. Wow, he loves <laughs> Toronto. So, anyways, what do you think of the case? I hope Tavares wins. I hope so too. I think a lot rides on like the, the future of athletes in Canada. It's as simple as this. It's going to happen. It's going to trickle down to things like this if they start looking into. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see Drake's tax returns. How's he playing this game? Yeah. Okay, it's a different league, different money. But how's he playing the game with people crossing the border? Because you know what? Hey, we're in Canada here. We like to see concerts. We like to see events. We like to see all these kind of things. But people got to cross the border, and when they work here, it changes. The tax bracket. Yeah. So I think the inducement thing is, though so the average person or blue-collar guy doesn't want to accept it, it's something that is, it's a layer above us in the right. world. And if we want to get certain things to make us happy, I believe that we have to accept that sometimes these inducements make sense. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Good luck to John Tavares. You exactly. Know what I mean? Good luck uh, from the house that happens. Very much so. You know what I mean? Uh, let's move it to the Edmonton Oilers. They're... Historic win streak recently ended in Las Vegas. Are you surprised? Uh, no, especially not against Vegas. That's that's the team that they can't beat. Which is going to say that Aiden Hill will be our starting goalie next year when we're in the four-team tournament. Oh, you want to get right into no, that? No, we're going to we're going to okay. get back in a minute. I'm just going to say this. I think that the uh, Edmonton Oilers have really shown the league that sometimes you got to back check. Okay, it's like they, like they changed their style. Like if, if McDavid can go back there, and I think maybe Math, that's why Matthews is watching the tape. If Dreisaitl and Nugent Hopkins and uh, McDavid can be back there pulling out the, in front of their, their net, then I'm saying everybody should do it. They're setting a great example for it. Now, do, do we do know that the history of teams with these records, what happens? Oh, they tend not to win the playoffs. But I'm still saying um, uh, the Edmonton Oilers still have a chance to take a shot at that first place. I think that... Um, Vancouver's not going to be catchable. I don't think so either. But, I mean, a shot at second place is not out of the question, especially since they have four games on hand and the team's in front of them. But the t- either way, you're going to play Vegas in the first round, which I do not think bodes well for the Oilers. No, but That's then, their kryptonite. Well, then you have, to get, you have to get the boogeyman sooner or later. No, you who says you do? I don't know. I, uh, the Raptors want to eventually. I don't know. The Leafs have never been able to beat Boston. Oh, that's another story. <laughs> that's the boogeyman. Oh, that's, I, that's the argument you're making. I'm loving this Leaf fan. It's great to be doing a show with him. <laughs> I think it's that not our year, people. Um, I've accepted it. Okay. I won't be disappointed when we lose in the first round to Florida. I will be because everyone will be sad in the city, and you got to go around for a few days seeing everybody miserable. People kicking their dogs, yelling at their wives. Oh, come on. On. Pushing grocery carts in the store. Everybody's angry. I'm going to push gnarly. a grocery cart like down into the ravine. How about that? Okay. <laughs> I still think that Edmonton's got a shot of rising up. I really do. And I really they need to add. I mean, the, the thing that confuses me, too, is that they're not even talking about adding a, a defenseman. 
at this point. They're talking about adding another forward, which... Well, because I don't know, but Corey Perry looks good in the team already. He they does. They stole him. Like, like, for his position and his role. I heard they're looking at uh, Jake Gensel. That's uh, like yeah, their that... potential ad from Pittsburgh. But they have salary cap issues in bringing him, don't they? Isn't Gensel They'd have to, it'd have to be money in, money out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I don't know where it's going to go there. But isn't Gensel a free agent after this year he too, is. right? So he'd It'd be, be a rental. pure rental. Yeah, Pure rental. Do they have the money next year to re-sign him? They'd have to cut somebody else, right? I, I think it would be a pure rental move. Uh, but I think it would be advantageous for them to do so, for, so depth and scoring. Oh, for sure, because we've talked about how Evander Kane is. I mean, he scored a hat-trick last night. Last one was an empty netter, but his numbers, like, the, the hands are gone. Uh, there's something wrong. There's something wrong. That's too bad. You know what? But any event, I'm, I'm saying Edmonton there, but as we were saying now earlier in the year, and it's starting to look that way, the, the, the cream is rising to the top. Um, I know Winnipeg's stubbing their toes. A big game tonight, Winnipeg and Toronto. Yes. Huge game tonight, but I think Winnipeg is trained. No, not Winnipeg-Toronto. What's that? Is it Winnipeg-Toronto tonight, isn't it? No, uh, Toronto played both their games against Winnipeg. Toronto plays Ottawa. Oh, yeah, Ottawa. Winnipeg, Winnipeg plays um, b- 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 Pittsburgh. Yes, okay. At so home. They should win. They, they, well, they should be doing that because Pittsburgh's in treading water too, but we'll get to them in a minute. So I'm thinking those top teams out there, I'm going to stick to what I've been saying. I'm sorry. L.A., where are you? Did you guys get lost? But we've got to look at it. Um, Vancouver? I'm starting to think they're toast. Oh, I seen them play the other night too, and they were shaky as hell. Um I'm still going to say Vancouver, Winnipeg, Edmonton, Dallas. Not Vegas. No, I think Vegas is going to – no, when they bring everybody back, yeah. they got Shea, five teams. Eh. By, by the way, I'm going to get into this a little bit more with my team Canada, but, like, Shea Theodore, did everyone forget about that this guy exists because he's been injured for a couple days or for, like, a couple weeks, whatever? Oh, by I'm, I'm getting – we'll get to Shea Theodore. Okay. Okay, no, I have not forgotten about him. And Everyone buddy, else in the hockey world, I did not see him on one – projected Canada roster. That's by any insane, the, but we're going to get to that. By any of the so-called experts. That's insane. It's ludicrous. Okay, we're, we're going to get to that. But is it, who's better, Evan Bouchard or Shea Theodore? I'm taking Shea Theodore. I am too, but Bouchard's really stock has risen. And he is. I, I left him off my team, though. Did you? Yeah, because what, what he does best, a lot of the other guys on the team can already do that. Interesting. Okay, well, we're going to... We'll, I want, I would, we'll get to that a little bit later, but... Okay. Um, uh, Anything about your habs you want to talk about? Uh, I'm just going to say this. Um, uh, Mr. Uh, what's his name? Our general manager, Hughes. Hughes. Um, I want to congratulate you on stealing the first-round picks, but I don't think that we should let um, – um, I mean, I think you should. We, we should have moved Jake Allen already because uh. now I don't think that we're going to get what we want for him. You know what I mean? And it gets, Definitely not. Okay, and we're going to get back to that thing about whether Martin Jones would clear waivers or not. People are looking for goalies still. And I'm, I'm adamant that I don't like the three-goalie system. I mean, you know what I mean? And I, I agree with you, no, because now we're screwing around with Primo's development because he's not getting as many games in there. It's starting to look more oh, like a yeah. tandem. Like he's getting more and more. Now, I think it'll be great they start training camp next year. He'll know his position. He'll play more and blah, blah, blah. If you don't go back to three goalies. Oh, we, no, no, no. Three goalies doesn't work, bro. We know that. But the only good thing is that Montalbán is playing every other game. Yeah. So, that, that, so we know that he's there. And he's going to be our other goalie next year in the – in the four series thing. We'll get to that in a little bit. But the thing about my Habs is I just want to say Slavkowski is looking better every game. He's got seven points in his last six games. He's starting to be a dominant power forward that we thought we were going to draft. He was originally drafted as a center, right? No winger. Winger. Oh, then he's going to be. He's going to be. He's going to score. We've already made the the, the guess. Who's going to score 25 goals first? Nice or him? 
You know, isn't that the, the yeah. thing that we talked about? Like, but Slavkovsky's looking good. I'm really thinking, like, on Montreal, like, their little issues they got to do is, like, um, some of our players we should keep in the sense that one day Armani and Gallagher would be a great fourth line. I know that sounds... Ar- Armia? Armia, yeah. yeah. They'll be a great fourth line. You know what I mean? They're still playing because we've got enough guys moving up, and those guys are under money contracts as it is. How are we going to use them? Just Gallagher is under a mundane contract? No, I'm saying that he's got lots of money to be paid. Oh, okay, okay. So we're not going to kick him off the team, and I don't think anyone's going to take him because of the wear and tear. No. But the guy is very valuable on your team. You know what I mean? He still plays as aggressive as anybody. You're not losing out on him. So as, as a – he's not a top six player anymore. Not even close. Okay, so I don't think he's a top six. But you need depth on your forwards, and he's responsible defensively. So I, I will live with that. You know what I'm saying? I think that – I still think that contract in a couple of years is going to be a big issue. we got three more to go, right? Of six, 6.5 mil. Oh, yeah, yeah. But unless the cap goes up, we can duck. Because we did sign Suzuki and um, – and Caulfield yeah. already, which Slavkovsky, if he keeps playing like oh, you he's say, gonna, he's going to get a bag for some money he's too. He's going to get a bag. He's going to be like he's just something happens. You know when you watch a player and you go, when when is he going to do? When oh, he's starting to do it. Mm. Like the last two or three Montreal games, he's been practically our best player. And then we have our Todd Bertuzzi and Josh Anderson, who's another guy that's on that gerbil track that's doing 90 miles an hour, and nothing seems yeah. to happen for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got no hands. And the bottom line is, like, um, the difference between you and I is if Montreal makes the playoffs, I'm saying they're going right to Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. They're going to the Finals. Oh, my God. You that, Habs fans still think it's 1978, don't I'm, you? I'm, I'm, I'm a disciple. Just quit that fan nonsense. You know what I mean? And speaking of fans. Uh, fan disciple, it's synonymous, but. I'm not agreeing with that. Um, the bottom You're line is. like a fan. Thinking, thinking about fans. Uh, in the last week, I think that the whole Pittsburgh Penguin fan base is getting a little upset. Because there's been something thrown out there that. I think we both agree on. Oh, Crosby's not resigning there once his contract is up. And it's only one more year, right? He's got one more year after this, correct? Yeah, yeah. So, and he's going to be what then, 38? Let me do the math quickly. He was born I think he's 87, right. so that'd make him uh yeah, yeah, it would be the off season he's turning 36. Okay, so whatever the case may be, um there's a lot of tire tread left on that Sidney Crosby tire. Come on, you see Pittsburgh play, he's still, I still say he's, like we said, top 10 player in the league. So where does he go? That is the question. Colorado. Just to play with McKinnon? <laughs> and they'd give him a great chance to win. They'd have a center spot open for him. Well, I'm going to. I think it all adds up. Okay, so I'm going to give you a different scenario, okay? Dallas? Nope. Oh. I'm going to say this. We are developing as an organization that we're going to be pretty competitive. Oh, he's not going to Montreal. He's a Montreal Canadian disciple. Montreal won't be there in time. He's going to go right to a cup contender. What what if we're not? Who says in two years we're not there? Wouldn't Sidney Crosby look great? By the the end of next season, you think Montreal is going to be showing that they're a cup contender? I'm saying, yeah, that going into the season after that, they're going to surprise people next year and they're going to say they need a couple more pieces. Okay, when it happens. He's going to the West, 100%. I think Crosby's that kind of guy where he's going to be like, I don't want to. Nova Scotia grew up as a okay. Hab fan. McKinnon's a goddamn Hab fan. Oh, so so you know what? what I mean? But I'm just saying, so every once in a while, Tavares came home, didn't he? Different circumstance. I'm just saying that. I'm putting it out there. I'm not saying, don't, I'm not going to get the Hab nation out of control right now. He's not now, signing with But the I'm Habs. saying like that could be an option. I don't think so. 
He's going to the West, 100%. In any event, uh, we here at the house that happens, we love Sid. And Sid, you, it's time to leave town. Even though the fan base, big shout out to um, Hazy B for putting it out there on the Jay Onright show and caused a freaking hornet's nest in Pittsburgh. Like, I mean, just because a guy brings up, uh, takes a take, I don't think you should take it ah, personal. Did you see some of the things they said about him in the Pittsburgh media? That's the Pittsburgh media for you. I, I thought that Hazy B was either a serial killer or uh, steal small babies, or does terrorist attacks. Like, I mean, the... The, uh, the truth hurts. Ritual. Yeah, it was ruthless. Like, I'm going, but we hear at the house that happens. I think that Sid, come on, one yeah. more time. You well, I mean, I mean, we all know he's got uh, that one more Olympic circled. And, of course, there's going to be the preview to that next year, the Four Nations face-off. Okay, so... So, I decided... Before we get to the Four Nation oh. thing, which is which is which is something we have to discuss, is the fact that the situation with the legalities in London says everybody on the oh, 218 yes. team is no longer associated with Team Canada. Don't you think that's kind of weird? Because you know who we're talking about then. Right. Well, no Kale McCarr, no Robert Thomas. Those are the big ones. Robert Thomas is, I think, that he could make the team or not. Kyle McCarr is... Kale McCarr is a, is would a be game. a slam dunk guaranteed. Oh, no uh, no but, I mean, the way Robert Thomas is playing now, he probably should be on the team too. But oh, either way... I, I think by next year, yeah. Because, you know, that like by the end of the well, season... Even the, he was named an all-star this year. There you go. And he's going to go to the camp when they have a camp. Okay. So. Well, he won't be allowed. Oh, right. Yeah, that's what we're saying. So my theory on this is that um, I wouldn't be surprised if they make them miss this because it's only the four tournament, only four country tournament. However, well, and the Olympics too. No, I say that'll all change by the Olympics. Like, I, I don't think so. As long as this lawsuit is still, as long as the case is still open, you won't see them play for Team Canada. You cannot take a man's opportunity to go ahead. What they're named in the What they're named in the lawsuit? I'm saying within two years that some lawyer is going to come along and like say because not everybody was in the room with the one girl. Okay, that we know. So that. what's the implications then? They may have known something. Well, well, they were sitting in the bar and they said, "Whoa, taking that hoe home." No, I'm, I bet you a few guys in that team knew. More than you might want to think. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna. If they come up in the lawsuit, that's the problem that these guys are gonna get in caca. If like, if they're, if they're but they named, can name the whole team and they can name everybody. Everybody was in that party. Remember, it was a, what was it a fundraiser or whatever the case yeah, may be. Yeah. So every, except for the guys that weren't there that were on well, vacation. Well, let's it's Team Canada covering their asses. Well, exactly. So I'm saying, look, here's how I look at it. When this came up, all the sponsors ran away. Yeah. Okay, as soon as it came to that, the juniors are going to Sweden, all of a sudden they showed up at the right yeah. time to, to put the money in because that's how much hockey means in Canada. Right. So when it comes to the Olympics, by hook or by crook, Cole McCarr will be on Canada's Olympic Kale team. McCarr. Kale no, McCarr. No, he won't yeah. be. I can guarantee you. Okay, uh, that's a beer. We'll bet I'll a beer. I'll bet you a 2-4 on that. Really? Yeah. I'm going to say that something's going to go on and they're going to they're gonna no. do something. Because what did he do? You can't. Okay, I'm in the room, okay? And you and your I think I think the Hockey Canada is holding firm. Don't get your hopes up. But you can't. That means you. That they will. But that's that, this is what they're doing. The you can't wall. say that they can't. You can't say they can't when they are. Okay, so I'm at Chewy's, and you and your buddies come in, and we're all talking, and we go out and burn one or whatever we're doing. And there's a girl that looked like the girl my son was with last night, and ah, they take her oh home. My God, why you got to okay, there? Okay, okay, I'm just being. I'm, this is where it is. This is exactly where it is because you see, I'm seeing you and your buddies and the girl, and you guys leave the bar. 
Okay, then I find out shit happens. Now I'm guilty? Yeah, actually. Why? What? I can't... Because you knew knew information that you didn't divulge to the police. Well, I thought it was consensual. I was having a beer. Okay, because... Different story, though. Okay, it's... But what what if they knew it wasn't consensual? She said it was consensual. She just didn't know the other boys were coming in the room, and she's already been paid off by. But that's not consensual, then. Well, that's the part that I say is sketchy, and they all should get their they all should get their due justice then, because I don't agree with that. That's just freaking lower than low. Yeah. Let's put it on that level. But I'm putting on the level where I'm in the room. I see you leave, and now I'm implicated. Wait a second here. Unless you can put my hand in the wound, I, I don't think it should be that way. But I know what Hockey Canada is doing. I, I agree with you that it shouldn't be that way, but like, what, But this is a legal case we're dealing with here. Exactly, and I do understand that Hockey Canada is trying to take the high road by saying, we're going to get rid of this, so we're going to put the whole team under the microscope, right. and then we're going to tell you what's happening. However, if you're Cole McCarr, Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr, and you're sitting at the end of the bar talking to your dad... And all of a sudden, he wakes up in the morning. Well, I was on the team. Well, you better come down and make your statement, pal, because you're implicated. I don't think justice that justice shouldn't be that crazy. But I just think that Hockey Canada is putting the hammer down so hard because this was such a heinous, ridiculous... I'm embarrassed as a Canadian to love hockey that, this much to know that those bastards got away with whatever it is they're doing. Now, I shouldn't say that yet because it's only allegations. It doesn't look good, though. We can say that. You're damn right. The, the smoke's now turned into fire. But to just crucify all the guys, I'm just saying, as Canada works, as our country works, I'm saying that something's going to come up and he's going to play for the Olympic team. Now, does he play next year? I'm going to say 100% no. 100% okay. no for both. Okay, so then that, anyways, you, you propose to me that, okay, McCarr doesn't play he doesn't play. So, he won't play. Okay, he won't play. So you're, uh, you're questioning the state of the defenseman that would play on Team Canada. I never said uh, that. Yeah, you said, well, you, you sent me a text and it said, how would it affect us if McCarr um, doesn't play? Well, I'm saying, okay, like, I'm not saying like there's like a big, huge problem on defense, but like it definitely hurts. Okay, so but I'm saying that I think that we've got more than enough guys that could do it. And I'm, I'm going to look at my list. Now, remember you said Shea Theodore? Yeah. Guys forget about him. You can look at my list, people. You can't see it here. The only reason that he should have been at the top of my list, of the guys that I'm seeing there, and I'll explain why, is just because I had seen Evan Bouchard play that night. I'd seen him play against Edmonton, against Vegas the other night, and he was solid. He's a good hockey player. So I think he's definitely going to be invited to camp, whatever. But we said. Yeah, he'll Sh- be invited to camp. Shea Theodore, will he be invited to camp? Absolutely. Will Aaron Ekblon be invited to camp? Absolutely. Do you want me to just name my team? This is okay. Uh, we, we, I think okay. we can do a little bit faster like this. So, on forward, I have Connor McDavid. Yep. Nathan McKinnon. Yep. Sidney Crosby. Yep. Connor Bedard. Yep. Mitch Marner. Yep. Uh, Barzell on the Islanders. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. One guy who I, I cannot keep off after the way he's playing is Sam Reinhart. Oh yeah, he's got to be. He came out of nowhere. Simon Reinhardt, I definitely. Even agree. though not really, he was a number two pick. But uh, Mark Stone. Nah. You know, you want him on your fourth line. Come on. Uh, Zach Hyman. Oh yeah, Hyman's got to get a shot. Braden Point. Oh yeah. Yeah. Brad Marchand. <sighs> and then my last two forwards, yeah. I had a lot of. I had a lot of trouble picking. First of all, I I will acquiesce to the Marchand thing because you know 
how I feel about that. Road. And he plays well with Crosby. So there you go. Uh, the last two forwards, I had a lot of trouble picking. I could have gone with guys like Shifley. Could have gone with Horvat. Yeah. Could have gone with Nugent Hopkins. Yeah. Uh, I could have gone with Marsha Show. Uh, Quinton Byfield, I think, is going to be one to keep an eye on. He took a big step this year. If he takes another big step next year, I think he could be like a fourth-line left winger for Canada. Oh. Carter Verhage had a tough time oh. leaving him off. He's been doing a lot of scoring, but again, like I kind of alluded to before, a lot of things he does, a lot of other players on the team can already do, so I don't think you need that guy on your fourth line. What's his plus-minus? I'm not sure. He's, he, he goes forward a lot. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, okay, but that, and then that's what they're going to say in Team Canada. And when they, when they start picking guys, they're going to talk about what do they always talk about? Your defensive responsibilities. They've been talking. Well, just being uh, like, whatever, you can put in, play in different situations. They don't use that word so much, but. Well, well whatever the case. Either way. Be. I think that, you know what, he may be, if he continues on this, uh, this rise, that he'll definitely be a, a shot at the Olympics. Oh, for sure. Because the other guys are open. You know what I mean? But my last two spots I gave to. Steven Stamkos. Thank you. And my 13th forward is Sean Couturier. Really? Yeah. I think you need that like defensive stopper up there, like a uh, like your defensive penalty kill specialist. Okay, that's what you're, what you're saying. You, I think he's going to get a lot of consideration for the Selkie this year, too. Oh, so. I think he should. But the bottom line is I think you just verified my point there. The other three guys that you said would not be the role player that he would be. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, that yeah, that's a good call. So, I, I think our defense would be, oh, you're getting to our defense now, right? Yeah, although I will say with Stamkos, if we continue to see a drop in his numbers, like he is a minus Bye-bye. 20 this year. Yeah. Bye-bye. I, I, I would probably... I was shocked. I would probably point. put Nugent Hopkins in his spot. I would take him out, too. Yeah. If that's when it gets there, because I still want the scoring. But how does Stamkos get the minus 20? I checked on it there. We were talking about players. Like, he just scores on the power play? I guess. You know what I mean? Yeah. But either way, uh, we'll move on to defense. So on the left side, I took four guys on the left side, three on the right. My left-handed shots are uh, Taves from Colorado, Shea Theodore, Morgan Riley, Josh Morrissey. Really? Yeah. Yeah, He's my seventh D. Okay. On On the right, Drew Doughty. Alex Petrangelo, and Noah Dobson from the Islanders. I like Noah Dobson, too. But what about Brandon Schneider? Don't you think he could rise up by next year? He's playing on the Rangers, and he's solid, but they talk about Fox and the other guy. I'm just saying he's young. Like, you know, every, yeah. you know, every time, like... He doesn't have the ice time. That's the thing. You what? want guys who are, like, who've proven to, like, as, like, these 20-minute-a-night... But I've noticed in the Rangers games, he's getting more now. Like, I'm noticing as it's we'll going see. on. Okay, Honestly, I, even though, like, there's – you think about the, like the guys you'd picks. have to pass, too. Because, like, even, like, Vince Dunn on Seattle, I think for – like, he does not get, a, like, enough love for, like, the amount of stuff he's asked to do on that team, especially on a bad Seattle team. I have to check him out more, but he's on the West Coast. That's why we exactly. tend to not look oh, at those guys. Owen Power on Buffalo. If this guy takes oh, a step, he could definitely make the but team. But that's how I look at Schneider like him. Owen Power, even though Owen Power – Yeah, Owen Power's playing more time. time. Yeah. yeah. I, I get that, but I think that Schneider might get more time. I don't know. You know what I mean? Because here's what I'm looking at. I think your list is amazing. Like, I, I think that's a solid. If you're the GM of yeah. Canada and you showed up with that list, like, I know it's going to bitch. I'm just saying there always seems to be, with Canada, we're very lucky that way in that a guy's going to rise up. For example, when Doughty, Doughty went to the first Olympic team, everybody went, whoa, we got Doughty because, remember, he was a kid. And they weren't sure because he was on the rise, but we didn't sure. Now, was it the right thing to do to put Doughty on the team? Of course. Absolutely. By the time the end of the, the Olympics. He's playing came, with Duncan Keith. There you go. He was at the top of the line. So I'm wondering if one of these young guns 
is going to show us enough between now and the Olympics to go because I think well, this, is, this is for four nations cup. So this is a year away. Well, that, well that's, yeah. that's the exhibition season for the Olympics. Basically. Come on, let's talk about it. Uh, and then even Ekblad and I, I had Bouchard on my list for the right side. Oh, you did? Yeah. Because you know, we don't know like Petrangelo, he's got, he's getting long in the tooth now. Still playing big minutes really well. Yeah, that's what I'm and saying. And I would take him and Theodore. I would just leave him as a pair. They played together on oh, Vegas. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, there's no doubt about that. That's what you do. I'm just saying if pa- Petrangelo doesn't lose. Because like, we're just, I think next year's exhibition for the Olympics. Sure. Personally, I believe that. So what I'm saying is that two years from now, maybe he's lost a step. So someone else is going to have to step in. I hope not. I think Doughty's going to be there no matter what. You know what I mean? Because like you were talking about that presence in the dressing oh, yeah, room, the lock. stabilizing condition. Oh, Doughty's first battle hall of fame. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah, interesting list. The only guy I didn't think, like, you know, I'm a couple guys that you said that guy on Seattle. I got to look at him a little bit. Done. He wasn't. He was like my fifth left-handed shot on D. But I, you know, it's funny. He was like had just left off because they were talking about uh, once again on the good old NHL Network guys that don't get enough recognition, and his name came up because uh, he's very good. Yeah, uh, and he's young. Yeah, very young. I didn't realize he was that young. Where did he play in junior? I'm not sure. I just know he was with St. Louis before this. Yeah, and he got was one of those trade deadline things, right? That they threw him in, that they made a mistake for letting him go. Now I think he was an expansion pick. Was even that? Oh, that made a mistake letting that kid go. Huge. Well, I've, I've been very critical of how St. Louis played their situation on defense before on this show. Oh, that's. Uh, and then in net for Canada, I have Aiden Hill. Of course. I have Jordan Bennington. And as my third goalie, it was tough. Could have considered Stuart Skinner, the grand fear of his era, if you will. I considered Montembaum. He was oh, my fourth goalie. Oh, I thought you were going to say him. Damn. But looking at the numbers, I had to go Connor Ingram on Arizona. Oh, okay. I'll give you a, You know what? That guy seen more rubber than Goodyear. Like, okay, I, I didn't I, – I should have did a little more research because I think – I think I'm not sure. I'm going to go look up this stat. I think he's faced as many shots as any goalie in the league per minute. And his save percentage is up is there high. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so every night he's exposed. Every night, yep. you know what I mean? So, yeah, that, that, that could be. But we got another season to go before we figure that out. Right? Exactly. Oh, no, but no, because next year is, is the thing. Well, you know, no, no, well, like Christmas, like, yeah. a half a season is going to determine it. But I think we're in good hands. I think that our, our goaltending that people, everyone's going to say is weak. I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I think our goaltending, if we have our defense the way that you want to set it up, they'll be able to help our goalie who needs to make a big save. Do you see Aiden Hill the other night against Edmonton? The guy was on, and he big. Yep. He big, and he's won a Stanley Cup. Yep. Yeah, and he's as a young, starter. And he's young. He's got all the factors. And you know what? He doesn't flop, but sometimes I think he should go down more. Because you look at him, he looks like one of those Lego guys <laughs> that just keeps moving around. You know what I mean? They never, yeah. they never bend. It just keeps going linear. But yeah. his style of play is great. And I heard part of the reason was Sean Burke is his coach. Oh, your your buddy, your, your old bud, uh, your old, old running buddy, mate, I, my old running mate. Which I hear is not. I look at the scar on my arm every time I hear yep. his name. But uh, yeah, proper training, proper coaching will get you there. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So I also did Team USA, Sweden, and Finland, but we're running a little long. So I'm thinking we can reveal one a week for okay the next few. So like next week we'll do USA. The week after we'll do Sweden. And then after that we'll do Finland. That sounds good to me because. Of course, anything else you want to talk about hockey? Yeah, so one more thing. Is, I know what it is, and let's talk about it. Yeah, the NHL NHLPA putting tremendous pressure on the Coyotes, and specifically their owner, Alex Marullo, with their ridiculous arena situation. They've changed the zoning law three times or something, haven't you? 
Oh, we're going to put it here. Oh, we're going to put it here. Oh, we got a new sponsor here. Let's cut to the chase. Listen, the Roadrunners left town. The Coyote ain't going to catch him. I'm very disappointed when you told me there's going to be no... That movie's officially oh, over. It's not happening. Oh, I, I, like the possibilities. I know. But anyways, we're getting off topic. We'll talk about that another time. I say right to Utah. That's what the prevailing theory, although the it seems like Utah is really set in wanting an expansion team, so... It's okay if I light up. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, okay. Go for it. That, we, it's not my house. Okay. I mean, it's our house. It's our house. Yeah, it's our our house. house. I love that. Our house. And then can we continue to let you know, we are still recording in, in the Phoenix from the Ashes, Chewy's Bar and Grill, Belfield and Martin Grove, and we're telling you, it's the potential we see going around here is unbelievable, but let's get back to the thing. Speaking of rebuilding, right to Utah with the Ryan Smith, is that his name, that Ryan owner? Ryan Smith. He, him and his crew, they're going to come down there like uh, the pterodactyl in Flintstones when it shows up and just picks up Barney and they take him over here and drop him off. He, they're gone. Arizona's done. Let's forget. Like, Although know, the silly thing is, you know they're going to go right back to Arizona. If they do, they're nuts. What are they going to do? They're going to Atlanta. Stop they're going it. To, they're going to Atlanta too. Stop it. You know when I said Chocolate City last week, someone said to me, "That's you're the only guy that can get away with saying that. And I thought everybody could say that. I thought that was a historical <laughs> statement. But Atlanta can't get one because they're Chocolate City. Arizona's Houston, in the desert. Houston, same deal. Another Chocolate City too. That's but, I mean, they're not – I don't think Houston is – that's that whole – they're not a hockey place. I, I think the NHL's eyeing them though. I think Because it's, a, get... it's the fourth biggest market in North America now, isn't it? Fourth or fifth? You know what I mean? Right up with Toronto. They're yeah. way the hell up there. So it's a market there. But like they say, there's certain things that go on in Houston that are, first of all, Texas is a football. Oh. Is a football state, for, a football sure. state. You know what I mean? So there's going to be more people that show up for Friday night lights in Houston that's going to show up for a hockey game. So why would you put it there? You know what's your competition? There's no. You're also way behind basketball in Texas too. Oh, way, way. Look at how many teams in basketball. Like the, the state with three. the most. Don't they have four? Is it three or four? No, three. Houston, Houston Dallas, Dallas, San Antonio. Okay, yeah. And what does New York have? They just have Brooklyn and the Knicks. Yeah. And California has three. That's right, because they have Sacramento, Golden California's State. California's got four. four. That, yeah, that's the only one that's more. But in any event, I don't see it going there. I really believe it. And if you ever hear this Ryan Smith guy talk and his enthusiasm about sports. Oh, he had a great interview on 32 Thoughts last year. Oh, did you? Yeah. I didn't hear that. I wish I did. The guy's enthusiasm, he's young. He's got more money than money, and he wants to have fun with it. Like he said, like he's what? He's thirty-eight. He's not even forty, is he? No, he's not. He's not even forty. So, what do you think about the Utah thing? They're gonna get a team eventually. I think that they should just give it to him now and say no expansion for the next five years. Although, did you hear how much it's gonna cost for an expansion? A franchise the next time around more than a bottle of Bailey's they're saying two billion I heard which that. is which is hilarious because Vegas paid half a bill and Seattle paid 650 yeah but that's just because they're saying two bill the, that's because of the ESPN and now you know what Still. okay but you know what they're saying too is and I, for, I keep forgetting about this because I'm old these streaming services are throwing money around and what they're throwing money at is live sports so don't be surprised oh, yeah. if a peacock or an apple or somebody tries to jump in and get some some uh, hockey-related issues so that they can have more live content. I think it's going to be a little bit more down the totem pole, but... I think it's way down there, but the bottom line, like, they're, they're going to go there because that's, that's what they, they're saying that's what they want to do. Yeah. Because look at, look at uh, who was it that paid $110 million for the one game? That was Peacock. Was that Peacock? For one the game. playoff game, right? The playoff yeah, game, the yeah. Chiefs-Dolphins uh, game. Yeah, it was $110 million. You paid for one Insane. game. So they're going to they're gonna need content. What are you going to do? 
<laughs> you know, RuPaul doesn't go on every network. You know, <laughs> the Masked Singer isn't on every network no, or whatever no. those insane things that people WWE's watch. already snatched up by Netflix. Oh, they, well, there you go. But they're they're an entity unto himself. Uh, story. Let's move on. Saturday Night Pick'em. I'm ready. Oh, by the way, I made my first parlay this week because I've been watching the numbers and I never bet. And I go, God, I would have went last night. So I had a three-game hockey, three-game uh, point spread, basketball, hockey, bet five bucks, won a hun. Nice. Happy. I'm happy with that. First game, St. Louis at Buffalo. I'm taking the Sabres just because they're the home team. I'm taking them more because they're getting hot. They've okay. been playing much better. I'm taking Buffalo too. Vancouver at Detroit. Uh, Vancouver, I think they're going to be pissed off uh, the way this Eastern swing's been going, so I'm going to take the Canucks on the road. I was really mixed about this because, you know, I always have a little Detroit love inside of me, and I almost took Detroit, but I'm going oh. with you. Almost. I said, no, 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 Vancouver. I thought you were going to take Detroit for sure. Uh, I, I, I had him, and I scratched it out, and I took Vancouver. And I'm sorry, Red Wings. I'm going to box them tonight. When okay. I, when I bet make my parlay, I'm going to box that game. Dallas at Montreal. Oh, we know it's going to be a tough one. Montreal, they got horseshoes up their ass Saturday night. I had Dallas, but I switched my pick to Montreal. Look, look how bad I am. I was so scared of the game, I didn't even write it in. <laughs> Who are you going with? I'm taking Dallas tonight because they're Ooh. pissed about Montreal. I mean, okay. they're pissed about Toronto the other night. Because, That's true. Because you know, they, they, they dominated at times in that game, sure. and they got nothing for it. So I, I hate, you know what, in my heart of hearts, I'm going to the Robert De Niro Casino theory. There's no favorite teams in gambling. That's fair. So I'll take Dallas. Calgary at the New York Islanders. Islanders all day. Yeah, I'm taking all Islanders day. too. All day, that's a gimme. They're coming now. They're coming. I think it's taking them a few games for Patrick. I think they're coming. Brazil's such a great hockey player. He's eh? fantastic. He's just, just fun to watch. Uh, Washington at Boston, I'm taking the Bruins. That's a gimme. Colorado at Florida. Oh, wait, wait, wait. That's just going to be another game where we see Ovechkin will not catch Gretzky. Although he's had two goals in his last two games. That's Ovechkin. What are you telling me? What if he hits 30 this year? Oh, stop it. He's got 10. He ain't even getting 20. Okay. He's not even getting 20, which will leave him about 50 goals behind. So his contract's only another year, isn't it? Two years. Ooh. I Col still say he's got a chance. Colorado at Florida. I'm taking the avalanche on the road. The only other game I haven't <laughs> picked yet because I'm just such a freaking fence sitter. I'm taking Florida because Colorado seems to puke it up on the road. Their road record's okay. horrible. And Florida needs a win. Stay ahead. So New Jersey at Carolina. I'm taking Carolina. All day long. Even though Jack Hughes is back. But those Gold teams ending. are scrim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tampa Bay at Columbus. I'm taking Tampa Bay. You still saying they're not making the playoffs? No, I changed my mind to that. We, we talked about this on the show. I'm just teasing you. The East is just that bad. That's the problem. Mm. Uh, did you, go ahead. No, what were you going to say? Did you, did you think the East was really going to be that bad this I thought year? Buffalo was going to be better. I That's thought Ottawa was going to be yeah, better. I thought, I thought Pittsburgh was, was going to be better. And when you look at it now, the West is infinitely better. The only team that surprised in a positive way in the East this year has been Philly. What about Detroit? I th okay, fair. I'm be I thought they'd be a little... Down, like, I, I mean, thought they'd be fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, now they're I mean, in the thick of things. I thought they'd be a little lower, but more because the other teams I thought would be higher. But either yeah, way, yeah. Uh, Toronto at Ottawa, I'm taking the Leafs. All day. I think that they're going to go in and slap Trudeau while they're there, too. Just <laughs> I hope. <laughs> Seattle at Philly, I'm going to take Philly. You know what? Is, is Philly righted the ship? Remember they had that five-game yeah. losing streak and things got a little bit sketchy? But look in the last few games. They won a couple big games in the last week. You know, one on the road. I forget who they beat on the road. Yeah. 
I think it was uh, Dallas or somebody. But I think Tortorella's got the ship. So you're going Philly? I'm going Philly. Pittsburgh at Winnipeg. I'm taking the Jets. All day. But you know what? I'm kind of worried about that because I think that Pittsburgh's been playing better hockey. They win last night. They end up winning with the no, Wild. No, they lost. They end up win in overtime, right? Yeah, they lost in Minnesota. Yeah. Uh, Arizona at Nashville. I'm taking Nashville. That's because we know that Arizona's going right to Utah. Taking Edmonton at L.A., I'm taking the Oilers on the road. I'm taking L.A. to freaking strengthen their position to say we're not going to get bitch slapped by everybody in the league. You and that will do it for our Saturday night pick em. Okay. And now we would be remiss if we didn't talk about what is probably the most exciting, biggest extravaganza, overblown, uh, whatever you want to call it, and a sad day too. And they said that it's the last football game of the year. Well, last NFL. Last football. NFL Unless game. Unless you're into was it the UFL or. I don't know because I think that Billy Idol wrestler guy might end up on one of the teams. So I'm not really interested, <laughs> but that's another story. I'm sorry I don't know the guy's name. Oh, he's the Cody Crybabies, but that's another story. Zach, I said it. I don't even know the guy's name, but it looks like <laughs> Billy Idol. Anyways, let's get back to this. First of all, I'm going to say this. This game is one of the most, in my lifetime, and a Super Bowl is never underhyped. Okay, let's get on, let's cut to the chase on this. In my lifetime, the Super Bowl has never been underhyped, but this game has a particular uh, nuance. Um, I don't know what to say. That there's so many little extra factors that have been added in from a football point of view and a social point of view that I've never seen in my lifetime. For example, last year I think it was 120 million. Um, people that watch the Super Bowl, which was the biggest audience in the history of the Super Bowl, by the way, they're expecting um, it would be a failure if it goes under 140. However, they're talking about a 200 million viewer audience in the United States of America alone based on one critical factor, which is good, I guess. When you think about it, and I'm not going to say the factor yet. We'll get there in a minute. What we're talking about is a game... The San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs should be a killer game, don't you think? Oh, I mean, this game's got everything that you could want. Everything. It's a rematch of a Super Bowl from a few years ago. It's the team that's, you know, building themselves up to be a potential dynasty. You have the team which has been the best team in football, arguably, this year, playing them. Like, you got personality is on both sides. Tremendous coaching. Okay, so. Historic all, teams as well. Okay, you can't turn on your TV without people talking about the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Okay, which is a good thing. I, like I said, Super Bowl is never underhyped. Yes. Okay, so the, the biggest thing about it, and, and because it's the greatest reality show in the world, um, is the storylines. And what's the most significant storylines? Well, I'm saying this. One of the things that I think that you cannot underestimate is the fact that is Kyle Shanahan going to turn into a Mar uh, Marty Schottenheimer? Is he mm. going to turn into a um, Dan Reeves? Is it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Great, great coaches that we've forgotten because they didn't get the deal finished. So I'm kind of ambivalent about what I'm thinking about in the game in this way. At the beginning of the season, I predicted that the Kansas City Chiefs would repeat as Super Bowl champions. I thought Philadelphia wouldn't fall down that far, but that's another problem. That's another issue for another they time. They fell down, stubbed their toe, broke oh, their leg. Oh, oh. Just in, in, tore their meniscus, everything. Yeah, anything, you know, you know the, the, uh, the car got ran off the curb tires came they off. took the dog yeah the whole nine yards but there's an interesting thing about this is that we're not talking about enough is the fact that there's two elements here that are kind of weird 
First of all, nobody expected Kansas City to get here due to the fact that their regular season was such a mess. Oh, yeah. I mean, who would have thought this after that Christmas Day debacle against uh, the, the Raiders, right? Okay, so now let's see what questions they have answered. Their defense is legit. Oh, no one's questioned their defense ever. Except against the run at times. Fair, fair. San Francisco can run. So that's uh, so what I've that, heard. That, that's a, a little element there. However, what, you, what I'm thinking about from the Kansas City aspect is I do like da- dynasties. Okay, I really do. And there's been a lot of talk about the storylines is one of them is you, you can't ignore is we are watching greatness now in, the, in Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Like, like this is Who's been flawless these playoffs. That's my point. So where both teams have done coming in the playoffs is weird in the fact that, okay, let's see what the Chiefs can do on the road. They went into Buffalo, handled their business. Went into Baltimore and doubled down on their business. Oh, don't forget what they did to Miami in the first round. Ah, uh, that doesn't count. That was an exhibition game. And <laughs> oh, any, well, it was still, an exhibition game. It wasn't uh, even close. Nah, they should have stayed on the plane, just mailed it in, saved the money on the, in, in the emissions, whatever. But the bottom line is you look at the other side of the coin, the most dominant team was supposed to be San Francisco. And in both games, they had to have pretty big comebacks to yeah. win, which tells me... Stop talking about Brock Purdy. He is a top-level quarterback in the NFL as we speak, regardless if he's only in his second year of playing. Mm -hmm. Because all the questions that you had about him, he seemed to have answered in the uh, Green Bay game, and he certainly answered in the Detroit game. Oh, yeah. So when you add these things up, like whatever side of the fence you want or whatever angle you want to take it – there's numerous, numerous angles that you can talk about in this oh, game. Oh, for sure. Like, the, I was going to say, like, the one critical aspect you hear a lot of people sing about San Francisco is like, oh, they're front runners. They're front runners. Well, were they playing like front runners in the regular season or were they just the best team in football? I was going, they're the best team in football. <laughs> I think another side story is, and they're such amazing characters, is who's, who's going to. I think that Kittle, I, I, we'll get to that when we talk about our props. Got a little okay. CLK there, but. The Kittle-Kelsey thing, I think, is amazing because you got these guys that have got mad personalities, not afraid to talk about anything at any time, but their production is second to none. Now, I'm going to say this, and people are going to think that I'm absolutely nuts, but in some respects, I think I would rather have Kittle than Kelsey. And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, Patrick Mahomes knows that um, Kelsey is really doesn't run a route just gets open and they have that chemistry you're going to get there however Kittle is a go-to man in huge situations but perhaps maybe he doesn't get all that he does because there's share the bread you got MCM you know who is the offensive player of the year you got Ayuk you got Debo Samuel so sometimes when you spread it around that much one guy doesn't get like we're in Kelsey oh well, they're going to go to Kelsey first yeah. who else are they going to the, the rookie Rice the big thing is Kadarius Tony, I don't think is going to dress. So you know, I'd be I, shocked if he was okay, in this game. Okay, so you know what I'm getting at here is that so sometimes Kittle doesn't get the jam that Kelsey gets because they share more in Kansas City. He works more in there. And another thing is, I think he's a better blocker in the game of the mm-hmm. running. Like he 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 knocked my boy Hutchinson on his ass on one of the plays. You ever watch Inside Inside the NFL? No, it's actually the best show on. It's uh, Ryan Clark, Chris Long, uh, Chad, whatever's not uh, Ocho Cinco, but uh, uh, um, um, Jake, who used to be the quarterback on on uh, Chicago? 
Said never smiled. He was always on the sideline. Oh, I'm forgetting the his backup. Name. No, he started. He's the most ever. Oh, his name was Jake. 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 Anyways, him and um, Jake Cutler. Jake Cutler. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. He's on. Yeah. So those guys are on there, and um, they 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 get a lot of the mic'd up shots, and they say the little things that go on. But Kittle is just as much of a beast as Kelsey. That's my point, mm. which is going to make the game interesting. You know what I mean? Um, now, the other factor we have to add into this is why the ratings are going to go so high. So once again, um, let's talk about this seriously on the house that happens for a while. Sometimes pop culture crosses music, sports, politics, economics. And we have a phenomenon right now where one of the biggest pop culture things has now crossed the over. The biggest. The biggest pop culture thing has crossed over with the best league in the world. That just says chiching. Monolith on monolith, as you like to say. Monolith on monolith. So if the looking for a 200 million people in America watching the Super Bowl, which would be an insane number, that's worldwide numbers for a World Cup game. You know what I'm saying? That's what kind of numbers they are. Let's give Taylor Swift her props. You know what I mean? And the bottom line is, is she even going to be at the game? She will be. I'm betting 50-50 that she won't. Really? I'm going to tell you why. People don't understand when you do these big tours like the Taylor Swift's are on, this is a, a moving city. Now, she has nothing to do with moving the city, but this is in Asia. This isn't in freaking Europe. This isn't in over in Hawaii. Her fans did the math, though, and, like, she can't make it. But when she goes back and she's going to be, like, I don't care if she's going to be in a private jet, she's going to be sleeping and you're going to do all that stuff here. There's another economy that we're not thinking about right now because of football, and that's that monolith that is Taylor Swift. And those shows have been put into place in, in Asia. That's a year ago in the planning. Like, they go, oh, can she move a concert? Are you kidding me? That's a whole level as big as the NFL going on in Asia. And you think any of those Asian people even know who freaking Patrick Mahomes is? Do you think they even know? They probably know who Kelsey is now. Yeah. But, I mean, what do they know about football? Except for the fact that Taylor Swift's going on with a football player. So, to them, to move anything on that level, they're not going to let that happen. It doesn't conflict with any of her concerts, though. But it's the time in between. It's like, you know what I mean? I hope she's there. I think she's there. She'll be there. You know what I mean? Okay, that's enough Taylor Swift talk. Let's get to the thing about the game. And I think the game about this, I think it's going to be a little bit more higher scoring than people expect because at times the San Francisco defense has showed some flaws. Uh, Not only that, if the Baltimore Ravens had run the ball like they should have in the second half, they would have exposed the fact that Kansas City, their corners are the best in the league. And they're secondary, you know what I mean? And they got five guys that run through this secondary, so with a nickel. And we all know that Steve Spagnuolo is probably the one of the best defensive coordinators in the game. And look at how he's adjusted to each team that he has played during the playoffs, saying, I'm sure he's got a plan. But here's a factor that people got to also remember. When Andy Reid has an extra week to plan for a football game, what is his record? Two losses in what? since they've been having buys in 20 years, two losses. Mm-hmm. That's an insane record. Just think about that. And didn't he just have a buy? One of his other losses was to new, your New England guys. Yeah. Okay, one there. And another time, I think it was um, another uh, a weird uh, regular season game that he lost back in the day. I, not recently. I mean, maybe recently. But this, is, sure. this isn't just your average game where you have an extra week to prepare. This is the Super Bowl. And I wonder how much you got to prepare when you're in Vegas and all the insane things that are happening. Too bad about you in Vegas, the weather has not been cooperating. 
first time. Oh, it's you, been. The, yeah, well, it's been that like that. The um, the waste management uh, tournament in Arizona is having issues. Um, the live event that's going on in Vegas prior to the Super Bowl, which ends today, is having difficulty getting off the ground because of the weather. But that's neither here nor there because they're going to be playing inside the dome anyway when the game starts. Right. I'm just saying that this could be. And it's, we said it many, many years ago, many, many years we've been saying the same thing. This could be a monumental Super Bowl when you add up all the extra factors that go into it that bring fan interest to the game, the quality of the teams, and oh, the yeah. star, star power and the storylines. So if Patrick Mahomes, which I'm beginning to agree is one of the greatest quarterbacks I've ever seen play, and if you want to put him on Mount Rushmore today, I'm not going to argue with you. But the bottom line is, in, in order, and I've heard so many people talk about it, if Kansas City wins or loses, I still think they're a dynasty because I still think Patrick Mahomes is going to win another game, no matter what you take, right? I still, do you call, if they lose on Sunday, it's not a dynasty? People have said they didn't get I that. I think they will the be a dynasty when all said and done. I think it is. So I yeah. think they're on dynasty. Dynastic mode, is that the correct sure. word? In any event, you got to win two in a row. This is Patrick Mahomes' first crack at winning two in a row. And two in a row is what puts the other teams above the fray. Mm -hmm. For example, the 85 Bears. They should be the greatest team of all time, but they couldn't win a second Super Bowl because they didn't have proper quarterback. Yeah. So now they're on the wayside. If, well, and their defensive coordinator left right away to be a head coach, right? Yeah, well, that too, but it doesn't matter. They had to make there. Another one in more recent times, which was happy for you, is that the Seattle Seahawks should be considered one of the great teams of all time. But what do they do? They did the dumbest play in the history of football. You know what I mean? So they're on the cusp of All having, they had to do was run power on the two-yard line. There they go, through the A-gap. <laughs> yeah. Game over. But I'm saying now, when you're this close to doing it, and I know Patrick Mahomes is doing this, and of course Kansas City is eating up the villain part, like oh, being sure. the villain, they're eating this up. I think Mahomes has to win in order for him to establish the two in a row. Then they win three out of four. I don't four. necessarily think that's true, though. Because what if they pull like what the Patriots did their second run where they won like three in five years? None of those were two in a row, let's not forget. So I'm saying that if they win one next year, they'll be win three in five years, and yeah. so the dynasty's still there. So I think that they're in the middle of a dynasty. I'm on the argument when people say it's not a dynasty. If unless they lose, it's not a dynasty. What? What? Yeah, in the hard-cap world of the NFL? And first of all, six AFC championships games in a row? Stop it, people. This is a, We are witnessing a dynasty witness greatness, mm -hmm. and I want to see that. However... The Kyle Shanahan conundrum is a big question because he is a great coach. He's only 40 years old, so he's got plenty of time for another crack at it. But this group of guys have been around, like, well, they didn't get the Super Bowl to what, three years ago? Mm -hmm. So this is their second Super Bowl in five years or four years, whatever the case yeah. may be. Kittle ain't getting any younger. No. Fred Ward ain't getting any younger. Um, all these guys. But they got Purdy. And it would be an amazing story if he pulls it off in his second year because who would he also be with? You know what company you'd be in then? <laughs> yeah, of course we do. You go, we know what company. You know, we got, got to throw Kurt Warner in there, too. Sure. You know sure. what I mean? And uh, who else? Anyways, if you look at me. Tom Brady. Tom, well, that's, the, uh, that's the, the elephant in the room. You know what, what I'm saying? So I'm hoping that, like, in some respects, that's why I'm sitting on the fence. You know what right. I mean? I'm sitting on the fence. I have no horse in this race. I just hope it's a highly competitive game because I like to continue to say the reason that the house that happens is exists so we can talk about the highest level of competition in the world. And this is the game. Nothing bigger in sports. If people, I mean, of course, we know soccer. 
like the World Cup and all that stuff's better. But as a one single game in the most powerful league in the world, and you have to admit that, there's no soccer league in the world that's run better than the NFL. No, no, no. You know what I mean? So it's the biggest group in the world. So maybe we're going to get some history this Sunday. What do you think? Let's hope. You know? I mean, it's certainly lining up to be a historic Super Bowl. The personality. All the pieces are there. All the pieces are there. I just hope that, and we're going to talk about this because we're going to, we should discuss this now because we could talk about the storylines and everything's going on in this game like they do for 100 hours this week on every sports show you could possibly imagine. Oh, there's going to be a three-hour pregame tomorrow for that. Six hours on NFL Network. Oh, there you go. There, just to start with that. But you know what I know when it's getting a little bit exhaustive is that uh, my wife, and I love you to death, best friend, um, she, she, of course, all the girls like the Taylor Swift element of it, which is great. It could be a love story. Let's leave that alone. Leave them alone as a couple. They're like any other couple trying to find their way through. They're just on a different level, and it's a lot more public. But the bottom line, even my wife says, the exposure of the Super Bowl, is, isn't it getting out of control? And you know what I had to tell her? No, because you had an, a factor that made you notice it more. So you're seeing it on your women's shows that they're talking about it. So that should just tell you how big of a game that this really is. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So let's hope we have a great game. You know what I mean? Yep. So what I think we should do because... Well, first of all, let's get to the spread since this is what we've been doing all season. Okay, so let's do the spread last. Oh, you want to do it last. Okay, so there should be no favorite in this game. It should have been a pick 'em game. I mean, it's a one-and-a-half-point spread. So okay, so we'll get... You're basically picking the winner. Okay, so now, since there's so many aspects, and gambling is what's made football as big as it is, part of the quality of the game is, we here at the House of Happens decided to get our own prop list, and we're going to bet on these things to see how many we would have got right. Correct? Yeah, so we did 11 props. Is it 11? Yes. 9, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Oh, what's, what's the other one, the spread? I guess this no, no, that, okay. not, that wasn't included. Okay, you start. We'll go through the list. We'll see. Okay. So first offensive play of the game, will it be a run or a pass? Pass. I'm saying pass as well. I'm going to say pass. So we've, we're already – you know what the odds of that is? Slim to none. <laughs> That's why I'm saying I'm batting on it. To be a good prop yeah. bet. Because they always throw it in the line, right? See who's toughing it up. Everyone get the pads, hit each Although other. Although sometimes. If, I think last year it began with a pass. What? what? One of the recent ones. One of the ones, Brady came out one year and threw that pass to Gronk right off the hop. Yeah. Remember that one? Bang, first play of the game. And uh, if someone else did it. But I'm, I'm going with pass. Uh, first accepted penalty, who would it be? Who will it be against? Kansas City. I'm saying San Fran. For what reason? Just a gut feeling. I'm saying because Kansas City is the most penalized team, top three penalized teams in the year. Their offensive line has been the most penalties of any team in the league. Fair enough. I'm thinking that someone, like, uh, Mahomes is, like, going to get out of control and, like, someone's going to do something stupid. I hope uh, not. First score, touchdown, field goal, or safety? I'm going to say field goal. I'm saying touchdown. Touchdown. Okay. And I think the first touchdown is the next question is, who gets the first score? Yeah, so we're doing a first touchdown team, so I put Kansas City. I put San Francisco. Oh, interesting. Okay. So who's going to be the first player? The square touchdown? Yeah. Who have I been talking about? CMC or Purry? Kittle. Oh, Kittle. Okay. I'm betting Kittle to get a first a play action on the goal line. They throw it to Kittle. I put Kelsey. Oh. You're going to get low odds. I'm going to get better money betting on Kittle. Yeah, wow. Well, this, this is just for bragging, right? So. Okay. 
Uh, longest touchdown over under 44 and a half yards. I took under. I'm taking over. Over, okay. I'm ta- we haven't had a, we haven't had a play over 44 in the last few Super Bowls, so it's due. I did a little research. <laughs> it doesn't always work like that, but. But I'm going to take my chances, okay? Total turnovers over under two and a half. I took the under. I'm taking the over. Oh my God, okay. I'm taking the over. I think there's going to be a fumble by one of the quarterbacks. I think that there's going to be a turnover on a special teams play. And someone's oh, going to get an interception. You heard okay. it here first. On one of the special teams, somebody's going to do something funky. Okay. It's going to be a turnover. Uh, total score over under 47 and a half. I took the under. So I, I took know. the over. No kidding. I took the over. If I'm going to be saying all of that, I have to be taking the over. Yeah. Winning team. I put San Francisco. Again. I'm taking Kansas City. I can't. I had to do. I, ha- I can't now. If I'm saying this all year at football and we started the season and I'm saying that Kansas City is going to repeat for historic purposes and suddenly I take San Francisco. Shouldn't you tell me go stand in the corner? Right? So my okay, how do how would I say it? My heart says San Francisco, but my money says Kansas City. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, MVP. Then okay, come on, come on. Who's going to be the MVP? You're going to put Mahomes. Well, if you're taking San Francisco to win, so who do you have your MVP? Can I predict? Yeah. McCafferty. No. Going with Brock. Brock Purdy. Wow, that should be very, very interesting. And then the final one, which I know you love, the Gatorade color. <laughs> I'm putting orange. I'm going purple. Purple, okay. Because that's the color of the Super Bowl this year. Remember all the purple and all the Super Bowl? Yeah, but Bowl whoever color? has purple Gatorade, that's like no one's favorite. Well, that's going to be like that uh, the turnover situation. It's going to catch people off guard because people don't norm- normally turn it over. And you get I would be shocked if it's <laughs> the Gatorade is purple. That's the last color. And I, that and like green are the last two I'd expect. Everybody at San Fran, I will be there tomorrow. We might be microdosing some stuff, and oh. I'm going to go to the Christopher Russo thing and say maybe have a little half gummy before the game because I don't want to be out of it, but I want to be comfortable. So, and then the last one, this point spread, San Francisco one and a half, so I'm guessing you're going to go Casey? Yep. Okay. Yep. I predict the score. I'm going to predict the score for tomorrow, too. Wow. Give me your score. We will be heading into the final drive. Kansas City will be up 19-17, and Brock Purdy will lead a game-winning drive and score the touchdown for San Francisco to win the Super Bowl. What a storybook ending that would be, eh? That would be great. I'd feel sorry for the Kansas City organization, but you're still a dynasty. But if that happens, let's just say here, who are the people that have been bashing Brock Purdy? Because all week long I, say, I hear everybody saying, quit bashing him. So who's bashing him? We know where we stand here at the house that happens. We've been saying that a few weeks ago. Leave the guy alone. What is he just doing? He's it's winning football games. Last time I checked, and look how he played. Well, there's two factors you've got to consider here. Kyle Shanahan's teams have never had comebacks from second half, going into the second half when they've had deficits of 10 points or seven points. Mm -hmm. He's never come back in his history. Look what's happened in these playoffs. Two games in a row, he's he's slayed that boogeyman. So I think that your call of uh, Brock Purdy coming down the field to finish the game is not an outlandish pick, but you're gonna say that 1917. So that means you're gonna say the score is gonna only be like, It's gonna be a lot of field goals. I think there's going to be a couple big plays because there's too many big play guys out there. 
You know what I'm saying? In any event, uh, like I said, I'll be at San Fran tomorrow. Everybody else that invited me out for the Super Bowl, I appreciate it immensely, but we're kind of building a traditional thing out there in Aaron Mills. I will definitely be there because the call is... And it's a beautiful thing because you know what's going on here? It's $115 to go into San Fran to watch the Super Bowl. And everyone's going to say, that's an outrageous price. Wait a second here. And I want to say out to Moco, Steve, Danny, you guys put this together. Here's what you get in the package. All you can drink, oh. all you can eat. And by the way, San Fran, I want to promote the fact that these guys make great food. There are a bunch of guys that took over this place. The food is great. They've got lineups coming in there all the time. If you want a great veal, go to San Fran. You want a great pizza, go to San Fran. You want to go to a good lasagna, these guys are going to. So not only are you going to have all you can eat and all you can drink, you get a ticket to be pulled at the end of the game for the possibility to win $3,000. So you're $115 is well spent. Great ideas, guys out there at, at San Francisco, which San Francisco's uh, food, which is actually at Glen Aaron and Unity Drive. I could be wrong. I should know. I've been there a million times. But my directions are not that good. You well, you don't drive, so. No, no, no. I just walk. My dog's doing me well. And oh, just wait. I, I, people that are, I should tell them too. I just had an ultrasound, everybody. I'm pretty solid. Thanks, everybody asked me about my condition. I'm getting a lot of, because the game, okay, forget about football, crazy, how you were feeling since the accident. And I did have a, um, an ultrasound yesterday because my arm's feeling funny. But I'm, hopefully I'm never working again. Okay. Like, uh, that's the, the number one. Great to hear that uh, you're improving. Very much so. Can't you see that? Yeah, I'll be Still at up. home uh, watching the Super Bowl tomorrow uh, with the family. I'll be making buffalo wings and blue cheese dressing. I think that's an amazing thing. I, I, I told, I, you, you're not around to hear this, but um, I was with my wife the other day, and we were talking about how things go, and people have been giving you rave reviews on uh, producing and getting this show on the air. And I want to yell big shout-out to Mr. and Mrs. Milani because I said your family structure is second to nobody. You should be proud of that. Oh, thank you. You should be proud of that. If you're going to be at home with your family watching the Super Bowl, you couldn't find a better audience to be mm -hmm. sitting with it. I mean that most sincerely. Yes. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'd also like to shout-out my buddy Rob. Uh, asked me to be one of his groomsmen in his wedding this August. Good luck, buddy. That's a good job. <laughs> So you're going to have a nerd in the lineup. Is that what they were saying? Oh, yeah. Okay. Just, I love to tease A few you. nerds. Oh, God. I, I don't... I don't. I, I have to redefine nerd in my old age, okay? I, I Can I do that? I'll, I'll figure it out by the end of the sure, year. How's sure, sure. Okay? You have plenty of time. Thank you very much. Okay, anyways, I guess this is the point in the show where we get to uh, discuss the gospel according to Cruz, correct? Yes. What do you got to say? Okay, I want to tell you something that seems to be a predominant thing in football these days, and it is the quarterback. Without a quarterback, you don't go anywhere. Why did Jim Harbaugh go to San Diego? I mean, San Diego. Go to L.A. because they've got a quarterback. Why did Houston rise up? C.J. Stroud was Offensive Rookie of the Year. Congratulations. Uh, Stafford moved teams, and he threw the ball down the field, and they won a Super Bowl. So what we're always talking about is who are the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And everybody's got a Mount Rushmore, correct? So let's just discuss who everyone says all the time. We talk about Tom Brady. We got Mahomes now chasing him. We got Peyton Manning, do we not? Aaron, oh, Ro sure. Aaron Rodgers comes into the conversation even though he only won one. Brett Favre's in the conversation, he's only got one. And we have to talk about Troy Aikman, who did win three. Okay, so what they try to do is they say, if you're the greatest quarterback of all time, they decide to, what's your first 
metric. Rings, correct? I think it's about time that people start talking about Terry Bradshaw as being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time and not the funny guy in sports, uh, Fox Sports at halftime. Because if people look back on him, you want to talk about dynasties, Pittsburgh won four Super Bowls in six years. Now, the numbers are kind of screwed. Like, do you know that he won a game and he only threw 98 passes, 98 yards? Yes, yes. So people are going to say, oh, well, what about his numbers? No, no, no. You have to look about the time and the era. And I'm going to tell you this much. These were in the years when Bradshaw got sacked. You'd look at the ground and it looked like a mold. You know, just pour in some clay and you got the form of Bradshaw because you could kill quarterbacks on that team. They had Mel Blunt on that team. Have you ever heard of the Mel Blunt rule? Yes. Okay, you know what I'm talking about? So the ferocity, the violence, and the insanity of football in the late 70s and the early 80s, that's why they had to curb it a bit because they were scaring audiences because the violence was so high. So how can you not talk about Terry Bradshaw being one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time who probably played in one of the craziest eras in the history of football where men were men and sheep were scared? You know what I mean? There was no, I didn't see, if you go back and just look at the highlights, how many times you'd see Bradshaw get hit. In today's game, the flag is flying. So I'm just saying he was a man of his time, but he still won four Super Bowls in six years. Mm -hmm. So when you're seeing him on there, or if he comes up on the weekend and you're talking about the greatest quarterbacks of all time, the games have changed, we've gone to offense, that's all really cool. But let's talk about how we got here. The game has to have some history, and the history should include the greatness of Terry Bradshaw. I think that might show our difference in our generations because he that's wouldn't even why, be in my top ten. So. That's why I'm bringing it up. And anybody that doesn't have Terry Bradshaw in their top ten, I'm going to go check your history, please. Because when we did our House That Happens list here. He, he was number ten. He, yeah, no, but, 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 but Mahomes wasn't on the list. He should be now. That's why I'm, so that's why I'm saying it would knock him off. Okay, well, I'm, no, I'm still saying now I read on my list. I'll start at number ten. I'll really quickly. I'll run down the list, okay? I'll give you ten. I'll, uh, who I think are the ten. Right now, and why okay, Bradshaw's okay. in there, really quick. Mahomes, Brady, Peyton, Aikman, um, Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Dan Marino, uh, Johnny Unitas. I'm missing somebody. Elway. Elway. Breeze. Bradshaw. What? Oh, you're insane. You're insane. So Bra Breeze would be nice. I like Jim Kelly, too. And Jim Kelly, yeah. Yeah, but no, no, no. I'm looking at what Bradshaw went through. When I start oh. my top 10 quarterbacks, number 10 is, I'm going to take that to my grave. Terry Bradshaw will always be a top 10 quarterback all time in my books. Uh, maybe one day we'll bring in a crew and we'll have a big argument about it during the middle of the season before maybe. football starts. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's going to just about do it for us this week. Anything more you want to add, Cruz? Any more shout-outs? Um, just make sure that everybody that's out there having a great time tomorrow, make sure you have somebody to drive you home. Because there's going to be a lot of uh, alcohol consumed and whatever. Please have a driver. Please be safe. Let's everyone enjoy the game, but please get home safe. Absolutely. And that will do it for us this week. Every week we record at Chewy's Bar and Grill. We're coming back better than ever. Damn right. I'm Andrew Milani. My name is Cruz. And remember, we keep the vibe, the vibe alive. alive. You can find The House That Happens on Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, Podchaser, Boomplay, YouTube, and SoundCloud. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at The House That Happens, and follow us on Twitter at House Happens. 
You can also shoot us an email at thehousethathappens at gmail.com.